This is the NTT IndyCar Series. From Portland International Raceway in Portland, Oregon. I find Portland to be almost like a bigger go-kart track. The track is really talented. It's really short. It's really fast. Really tight. One inch wrong and, and you're off track and it's, it could be bad. With live flag-to-flag coverage, this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Seven drivers remain mathematically eligible for the 2022 championship. Will Power, one for three all time, with leading with two races to go, is up by a slim three-point margin on Joseph Newgarden. Scott Dixon is 14 back. Marcus Erickson, 17 back. Time is running out, though, for Alex Below, Scott McLaughlin, and Pato Award. This is Mark James. Now let's hear from some of those title contenders, courtesy of Dan Rusinowski and Alex Wolf. Marcus Erickson, uh, this is going to be a, a heavy red tire race. You're starting on your primaries. What's your thought uh, in your position? Yeah, I think to, to get off the blacks uh, quite soon, I think, would be the plan. But obviously around this place, you you cannot make too much plans because there's always things happening. So we have to play the race and be quite flexible, I think. Um, obviously, the temperature is a bit higher today, so that might uh, make the black tire a bit better. So we have to be a bit flexible there. Marcus Erickson will start 18th. Scott Dixon third in the points, 14 back. And Scott, as you roll off from that eighth row, what do you think? Is it going to be chaotic going into turn one as advertised, or what are your thoughts with some of the changes they've made? Uh, I don't think they've changed much, to be honest. There's like a little extra chicane there, but um, I don't know. Every time they say there's going to be problems, like, you know, they built this one up, we'll probably all make it through there, no problems. So we'll see what happens. As we roll into these last two races, does the experience factor for you with the championship runs, does that come into play for you, do you think, in crunch time? Um, I don't know. You know, we'll just take it race by race. You know, the pace is kind of weird for us. You know, we had really a second and Q1 on the blacks and then go to the reds, and we just didn't have the pace. So I think as a team, we've got to work on that. Um, you know, Alex kind of skimmed through on both. But, yeah, frustrating a little bit yesterday. We'll see what today brings. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll never give up, that's for sure. Wish you the best of luck. Thanks, bud. Scott Dixon rolls off 16. Joseph, what do you make of the, the change that they made to the chicane in, in number one and how you can't hug that armco? You kind of got to hit that rumble strip making that right turn. Uh, you think that was the right decision? Yeah, shout out to Alexander Rossi and his uh, his preparation and work. He's right next to me, and he's just doing a great job. And uh, No, I, I think uh, in all seriousness, the, the chicane's obviously the same. The runoff is a little different, but probably not crazy different than what we had in the past. The name of the game is going to be try and stay on the track, and hopefully most of us today can do that and have a clean start. You're starting with primary black, so it could be a heavy red tire race. So what are your thoughts on the strategy? So hard to tell, you know. Um, I think it'll be mixed up. We've got to be reactive, you know. We react to whatever's happening and what where the trend is really really going for the day. I think that's that's kind of the attitude you got to come in with. All in all, maybe a, a mixed blessing that you're starting in the eighth position just because you might avoid any carnage that happens up front. It could be, you know. You just it's hard to say these days, but we're going to make the most of uh, of what we got and feel really good with with Team Chevy and Itachi. Joseph Newgarden beginning in the eighth position. Will Power holds a three-point lead coming into this Grand Prix of Portland. And Will, all that talk about the chicane in turn one, about the potential chaos, does give you a little bit extra comfort knowing that not only you're on the front row, but you're next to a teammate? Yeah, definitely uh, having your teammate there is is, is good. But, but uh, yeah, it's turn one is obviously on everyone's mind. Hoping, uh, hoping it's just clean. Hoping it's clean. 
A lot of talk, too, about strategy, Reds versus Blacks. You had that half hour at the end of the day yesterday. What do you think about the Verizon Chevrolet and race runs? It's pretty good. The two ties seem pretty similar. So, yeah, don't know. Uh, I don't think it's going to play a huge part in the race. You've been in this position a lot when it gets down to the final couple of races in the points. What do you think? How does the mindset going into these final two races compare to other years in the championship hunt? Well, probably a little less pressure on myself, but uh, just really focus on the job at hand. Yeah. We look forward to it. Best of luck. You got it. Thank you. Will Power rolls off second. Scott McLaughlin starting on the pole. Good opportunity for you to avoid maybe some of the carnage up front, but maybe you'll be in the middle of it. What are your thoughts about that? You can't preempt for anything. You know, like it's, uh, you know, that, 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 that's exactly where we could be in the in the stuff. We might not be. You know, I'll just got to do what I can do, control what I can control, and hopefully we're okay. Looks like it's going to be a three-stop race, assuming that you get green flag racing. You're starting on the alternate red tires. Do you think it could be a, uh, a red-heavy race? Uh, it depends how much yellow there is. Uh, but, yeah, look, we're starting on the red tire, but it is it is what it is. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll just work it out, and hopefully we're on the right tire at the right time. He's got the pole for Team Penske. That's Scott McLaughlin. Before we get to our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, let's bring back in Alex Wolf, who has our HPD engineering update. Have a chance to talk to Wayne Gross, the trackside manager for HPD, and getting down to crunch time, two races left, and Honda's still right in the thick of the championship hunt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're coming up on the final two races here, but we got three three Chip Ganassi racing cars in, in the hunt with uh, Dixon, Blow and Erickson, so it's full effort on uh, getting those guys to the front and uh, bringing home a championship with them. Should be an exciting couple of races. Best of luck to you and everybody at Honda. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. That's this week's HPD Engineering Update. Just about ready to go trackside for pre-race festivities. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, joins us. And uh, Davey, again, turn one, been the topic of conversation. That chicane to drivers left in turn one, been the topic of discussion. Uh, a lot of variables going into turn one at the start of this race today. Yeah, there, there are, Mark. But I, I really think that the series did a great job by deciding to change the start location of the original green flag coming onto this front straightaway. The leader are just going to get past that final turn 12 before they accelerate down the straightaway. Majority of the field will still be in uh, 9, 10, 11, um, trying to get on throttle. Hard to do that when you have a corner right there. So I think it's going to spread the cars out fairly well getting into turn one. And um, hopefully hopefully it fixes the issue of having damage in turn one on any of these cars. Uh, in terms of uh, tire management, uh, let's see, five of the top six are starting on the alternate reds. Uh, uh, the rear of the field starting on the blacks. Explain the tire and fuel strategy today. Well, you know, I think one thing about it is is uh, it's normally a red race. It is a little wet, warm out, as Erickson said, so the blacks could come into play in some of the long runs. We'll just have to see how the yellows lay out today, but I, I'm assuming that uh, right now that uh, that they're going to be good. And, and uh, you know, strategy has played a part. You could either go full on, Mark, and try to just make uh, three pit stops, or you could try to cut a pit stop out by saving fuel. Um, both have worked here, so who knows? We'll have to see what happens as the race goes on. So you like the lap count, in fact, that, you know, it's not a... Do you like the fact that it's not a clear-cut strategy, or would you prefer yeah. one where it's a clear-cut strategy? No, I kind of like it. I think it brings... It's always brought a lot of excitement to this event, and we've seen so many different winners and so many different strategies. I remember Gilles DeFerrin with Walker just going for it and, 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 and did the extra pit stop and pulled out in front of who was running second at that time and won the race, but then I've seen him win on fuel strategy as well. 
Okay, well, just about time to go trackside. A long and storied history here at Portland. Ballinger Jr. won the first ever event way back in 1984. Let's go trackside here at Portland International Raceway. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, we ask that you please rise and remove your hats as the Lewis and Clark Young Marine Color Guard presents our nation's colors. Please remain standing as Chaplain Jason Holt of IndyCar Ministries offers today's invocation. Father God, we thank you for the gift of life and for creating such a beautiful place. Father, we thank you for the brave men and women that are serving both overseas and within our borders, guarding our freedoms to be able to gather like this today. And so, Father, we pray for our drivers, teams, safety personnel, and these great fans that we would have a smooth and a safe day of racing. But most of all, God, we say thank you for the hope and the love that's available at the cross of Jesus Christ for all. In Jesus' name, amen. Here to honor America with the singing of our national anthem, please welcome country recording artist Jesse Lee. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleam. Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave? O'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. The NTT IndyCar Series is moving full, uh, full speed ahead in the race for equality and change. Time now to check in with Louisa Macer in this week's segment of On Track with Diversity presented by Gallagher, your trusted insurance broker and HR and benefits consultant. Kate Gunlap serves as a performance engineer for Aero McLaren SP. How does being a woman working in racing impact your work as a performance engineer? Being female in a male-dominated sport means that you're easier to spot, so you feel as if you need to maybe prove yourself a little bit more or be on your toes or kind of cross your T's, dot your I's a bit more closely. I feel like it really makes me a better engineer in that sense because I have to pay, everyone's paying very close attention, but I just feel like I have to 
to put a little bit more emphasis on my work, which, you know, like I said, ultimately, I think builds a better character, builds a better, better product. And I think that's made me a better engineer. What is a memory that you'll reflect back on when thinking about all that you've accomplished in racing? In the past six years, I've been on teams and with drivers who've been fighting for the championship. Just in this high pressure time for, for six years, it's, it's a pretty special thing to think back as to how I've got there on the path I've taken. Kind of a highlight, an extreme highlight of that is being part of Scott Dixon's championship efforts in 2018 and winning the championship. Um, being one of two women on, on the timing stand in the technical role supporting that was a pretty big highlight. <laughs> and then um, finishing second this year at the Indy 500 um, was a pretty special moment as well. As, as heartbreaking as that can be, having that so close, <laughs> having come so far and been in that position, it, it makes you reminisce about how you got there and and makes you really thankful for the people who've been in your life that have helped you along that path. On Track with Diversity is brought to you by Gallagher. For 95 years in communities across the globe, Gallagher's insurance, risk management, and consulting solutions have helped businesses face their future with confidence. Gallagher. To learn more, visit AJG.com. couple of minutes away for the command for the Grand Prix of Portland. The acceleration zone for the pole winner at the start of this race will be at the exit of turn 12, Davey Hamilton. They've also uh, mentioned that uh, some changes have been made. Memos have been sent to teams. Cars properly following the race course will be ordered according to the last timeline crossed under green uh, condition. Cars properly utilizing the runoff chicanes will blend back into the field based upon crossing data established on the last green timeline that after that will be the cars involved in the incident so a lot of rules and regulations being adjusted throughout the weekend to deal with turn one yeah no it's good they did that too mark a lot of these racetracks are really straightforward there's no they have no really opportunities to change some of these chicanes and some of the runoff areas and here they do so they're just playing making sure it's right fair for every car to make sure they don't take it don't have or not advantage i should say when they go off course or, or, or through the one of the runoff areas uh who's going to push the hardest today i mean if will power wins alex below scott mclaughlin Pato award i mean their chances to win the championship are gone do you expect those guys to push maybe a little harder than the other three or everybody involved in this championship going to push hard from start they're, to they're going to push hard I, th- I think really the top six guys it's which is it's Pinsky and Ganassi right now um, have drivers that could win this championship so I expect you know from Plo, Erickson, McLaughlin, Dixon, Newgarden, Power they're going to give it all they have they really seem to be the ones that are fighting for this championship no surprise Chip Ganassi he knows how to win races he knows how to win championships he has drivers that that fit in his stable right now and and have really good opportunity, but he is chasing down two of the Pinsky drivers right now, Power Newgarden, and they almost have to step, uh, make a wrong step for Ganassi to catch him. But you trust me, it's going to come right down to the wire. Going to be interesting to see, Davey, how and if Christian Lundgaard figures prominently into the start of this race. I mean, he's in his own battle for Rookie of the Year, but uh, bottom line is this. He, too, would like to close out the season with a couple of strong finishes and uh, and would, uh, would, would, would like to get to the front as quickly as possible. But he is amongst a lot of championship contenders. Yeah, he sure is. And what a great job he's done, especially the last half of this season and seeing that team struggle somewhat. Uh, it's good to see that they're fighting speed and he's doing a really good job taking advantage of some good results. But man, Malukas after St. Louis has a, has another step, man. He, uh, he, he's got confidence. We know he's fast out of that coin team. He wants to be rookie of the year. So you know that he's another guy 
that not can only win this race, but put himself in a really good position to win, win Rookie of the Year. When we come back, the command to start the Grand Prix of Portland. The three points that separate Will Power and Joseph Newgarden, the closest margin with two races remaining since 2008. The 43 points separating the top five drivers of this championship. The tightest title chase since 2003 when 41 points separated the top five. Time to go trackside to get, get the command to start the Grand Prix of Portland. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to give the command for the Grand Prix of Portland. Please welcome your Grand Marshal, former National Basketball Association player for your Portland Trailblazers, Martell Webster. Now, Portland, I don't know if you checked, but last time I checked, the temperature matched one of the greatest years in Portland history. It's 77 degrees out here. Now... With that being said, if you don't like volume, put your earplugs in. The greatest lines in IndyCar Series history is, drivers, start your engines! Here's today's NTT IndyCar Series starting lineup. Row 13. Dalton Kellett, Canada. Row 12. Devlin DeFrancesco, Canada. Jimmy Johnson, United States. Row 11. Takuma Sato, Japan. Elio Castroneves, Brazil. Row 10. Connor Daly, United States. Simon Pagenaud, France. Row 9. Marcus Eriksson, Sweden. Jack Harvey, United Kingdom. Row 8. Scott Dixon, New Zealand. Romain Grosjean, France. Row 7. Callum Eilor, United Kingdom. Kyle Kirkwood, United States. Row 6. Renis VK, the Netherlands. Graham Rahal, United States of America. Row 5. David Malukas, United States. Alexander Rossi, United States. Row 4. Joseph Dugarden, United States. Colton Herta, United States. Row 3. Felix Rosenquist, Sweden. Patricio Ward, Monterey, Mexico. Row 2. Alex Below, Spain. Christian Lundgaard, Denmark. On the outside of row 1. Will Power, Australia. And starting on the pole. Scott McLaughlin, New Zealand. Field making its way around this 1.9 mile course, and we've got three of the best in the business to paint the picture for you here this afternoon. Uh, he's probably tired of hearing about turn one, and we put the responsibility for sorting it all out today upon the broad shoulders of Michael Young. Well, good afternoon, Mark Jane. So looking forward to the start of this race. I'd like to have, uh, say hello to Brendan from Bend, Oregon. Met him earlier today. He became an IndyCar fan back in 2019. Met him in the lobby of the hotel, so we'll do a shout-out to him as he sits in turn number one. It is a tight turn, and it's going to be an amazing run down in turn number one. It's a right-hander, and it's going to be tough to get through here cleanly. A series championship could be made or broken here in turn number one. Turn two, then 130 degrees 
right turn with curving on driver's left, about three inches tall. It can certainly upset the balance of the car. Then the field will streak to turn number three. The key is to get a good run off of turn number two into turn number three because then you have about 900 yards to make your way down to turn number four. It is a sweeping right-hander, a very fast turn with curving on the inside. Those rumble strips could upset the car. You'll see drivers maybe put the left sides on that run down to turn number four into the grass. It is a very tough and treacherous portion of this course. And as they make their way to turn number five, they'll come into the view of our very own Ryan Marine. Good afternoon, Ryan. Good afternoon, Michael. And it doesn't get any easier from there because then the track funnels down into a very tight right-hander. Then he's turn number five. That part of the track butts up against the Heron Lake Golf Course directly in front of my field of view. It's a tight right-hand corner, turn number five, and it leads to one of just three left-hand bends on this circuit. Turn six, a long-duration sweeper. you got to get down to the curves on the inside, then drift out to the outside to set yourself up for the run to turn number seven, a slow hairpin, which leads to the back straightaway. Where they make that right-handed bend in turn seven, they'll leave my view, but there to pick up the action is Nick Yeoman. Thank you, Ryan. It is a 2,180-foot back straightaway. It bends to the right. That bend is turn number eight, and then it uh, leads these drivers into one of the most harrowing parts of the racetrack uh, here at Portland International Raceway. That is turn nine and ten. It is a full commitment quick left and then back to the right. In the Indy Lights race earlier today, we saw a big accident involving a couple of the up-and-comer drivers. Uh, it is a uh, very fast and technical part of the racetrack that these drivers have been blitzing through all weekend long. When they leave turn number 10, it's a couple more right-hand turns. Turns 11 and turns 12 before they get right back onto the front straightaway. Mark Jane's back into your view. Uh, Davey, Nick brings up a great point, and uh, I, I think that uh, the 9 just comes upon these drivers so deceptively quick, and uh, they're lulled into a full all set security with that back straight that's uh, a little over 2,100 feet in length. And boy, we have seen some nasty trips into the tire barrier this weekend yes. in all forms of racing. That's right. Yes, we have. That corner is just false security. You just feel like you can go through there so fast, and you can. The problem is, when you get down to turn uh, uh, 10, that corner just doesn't have the grip. It's flat. It's narrow. You slide off that, sometimes it puts you on the outside 11, which is what we have been able to see. And then once you get to 12, you're usually okay, but you need to make sure you keep your momentum coming on that long front straighter. We know majority of the passing at this facility is going down into turn one, so you want to get a good drive off that final corner. Uh, the pole center, Scott McLaughlin, Davey, he's been given the go-ahead off of turn number 12 to go ahead and climb on it as they come to the green flag. I think uh, the race control simply hoping that they sort themselves out before they get to turn one. Yeah, and I think it's going to help. We're going to find out, right? I mean, that way, a lot of the, the entire field can get on the accelerator at the same time because they're not all on the straightaway, Mark. They're going to be, like we just talked about, 10, 11, and 12 is where they're going to be scattered out. And, and I think it's going to be a much easier uh, entrance to turn one for all these drivers and way less opportunity for contact. And they make the bend around turn number eight into the view of Nick Yeoman, and it looks like the field's starting to come into that familiar two-by-two formation. Yep, already starting to stack up. Up in those rows of two, it's the Penske teammates, Scott McLaughlin and Will Power on the front row. It's the red nose of that Verizon car for Will Power. Blue and black, the colors this weekend for McLaughlin, Freightliner, the sponsorship. Field looks nicely lined up, Mark, through turns 9 and 10 for the final time. We're about to go racing in the Pacific Northwest. No matter the race, 
no matter the place, your heart rate quickens just a little bit as you reach this stage of the NTT IndyCar Series pre-race. Off of turn number 12, green flag is out already, and the front four try to sort themselves out single file. Your pull center, Scott McLaughlin, with the lead into turn number one. Fans on their feet, hold on to your hats. Scott McLaughlin will get there first. Will Power will work to the inside, but the battle's for second as Christian Lundgaard will take over that position. He'll steal it from Will Power. Then it's Pottawa Ward running in that fourth position. Alex Palau will run into the fifth position, but Scott McLaughlin, a three-car length advantage. Somehow they made it through the first sequence clean. So far clean through this middle part of the lap as well. McLaughlin with the three-car length lead over Lundgaard. Power slots in in third. Then it's a Ward Palau. Rosenquist going side-by-side side with David Malukas. Meanwhile, cars off track, kicking up all kinds of dust. Roman Grosjean cuts the course. He'll rejoin right in the middle of the pack, Nick. Yep, Grosjean slides it left and right through the dirt. He may fall all the way to the tail of the field. It was uh, Felix Rosenquist who did make a pass on David Malukas. Malukas coming right back. He'll charge to the inside, Mark. He'll grab that sixth spot through turn 10. Grosjean efforting to work himself toward the top 10, and he is going to tumble plenty into the field. Lap number one complete, except for Grosjean's off. Pretty close as they head back to turn number one with leader with a comfortable advantage. Yeah, Scott McLaughlin, four car lengths over Lungard, then Power, then Sato, or excuse me, O'Ward, and then Pelot. Malukas will run in that sixth position. Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta. The field is single filed all the way back to Roman Grosjean. Already two, turn number five is Scott McLaughlin. Lucas up four spots on that opening lap, and it does not look like he is done yet. He's now putting the pressure on the reigning series champion, Alex Pelot. That's the battle for the fifth spot. They nearly go side by side into turn. Turn seven, they get it settled out single file, headed down the backstretch. Ridgeline lubricants the sponsorship this weekend for Alex Pelot. That car is a two-tone green, and he's got his hands full with David Malukas, fresh off of a second-place finish in the last race just outside of St. Louis. He'll have to stay in line. He'll hold down that sixth spot. Pelot stays in fifth, Mark, back on the front stretch. Pretty solid separation among the top three. It's from O'Ward on back where things start to get interesting. Again, O'Ward is in the fourth position. Alex Pelot, David Malukas. Lucas, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herter through eighth place. Yeah, that battle for fourth is the one that's really shaping up. It is Pato Award, then Alex Pelot, and then David Malukas. Malukas on the charge, but it's Alex Pelot starts to close in on that rear wing of Pato Award. He'll close within a car length, and now Pato Award will cap that by about three car lengths. Pato Award on the primary black tires. It's Pelot and Malukas breathing down his neck there on the reds. That should give them the pace advantage early in this stint. Pato Award has fallen off the rear wing of Will Power, and now he's got his hands full with the charge. Spaniard, Alex Pelot. This is the battle for fourth, fifth, and sixth. Award, Pelot, and Malukas. They watch the leaders start to streak away down the backstretch mark. It's still Scott McLaughlin, uh, Christian Lundgaard, will power the top three. David Malukas trying to get a good run off of turn number eight. He breaks a little later into turn number nine. They make the wide swing off of that final turn, and Will Power does so. And Michael Young, by the time the leaders get back to you, it looks like Will Power may be starting to draw a beat on Christian Lundgaard certainly looks that way. Will Power closes that down to four car lengths. That battle for that fourth position has settled out and Alex Pelot will be about five car lengths off of Pato Award. But we go back to that second place running machine of Christian Lundgaard. Here comes Will Power, four car lengths behind. Yeah, he's charging, no question about it. Will Power has closed that gap down to four car lengths. It stretches out to five through turn number six. Into the breaking zone for seven. Lundgaard holds down that second spot. Will Power, though, closing in. Behind him, the battle continues. 
continues to rage between Award and Pelot. So a decent start for one of the championship contenders in Will Power. How about one of the others in Joseph Newgard? Mark, he started eighth. Looks like he might have just lost another position to Graham Rahal, tumbling down to the 11th spot. Yeah, Davey, Joseph Newgard down to the 11th. Is that because all those guys around him, all those reds, and he's on the blacks? Well, you know, it could be. It just seems like but you, we see Potter Ward kind of staying pace with his uh, his blacks on. But right now, I've seen him get passed again, like you said, by Graham Brayhall last time by. Not the pace he wants right now this early in the race. Uh, four laps complete. Scott McLaughlin, your leader. Lundgaard is second. Power is third. Award is fourth. Alex Below is fifth. David Malukas is sixth. Felix Rosenquist is seventh. Colton Herta, eighth. Alexander Rossi, ninth. Graham Brayhall is tenth at the Grand Prix of Portland. Today's race is brought to you by Firestone, the official tire of the NTT IndyCar Series for driving IndyCar legends. American Medical Response, official partner of the NTT IndyCar Series and the AMR IndyCar Safety Team. And by NTT, the official technology and title partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Six laps complete. McLaughlin, Lundgaard, Power, Award, below the top five. Malukas, Rosenquist, Herta, Rossi, Rahal, the top ten. Let's give you the rest of the field. Joseph Newgard, 11th. Renas VK, 12th. Callum Eilat, 13th. 14th, Dixon, 16th. Kirk, uh, 15th, Kirkwood, 16th, Harvey. 17th, Daly. 18th, Helio Castroneves. Uh, 19th is Erickson. 20th, Francesco. 21st is Simon Pagino, 22nd, Takumasano, 23rd is Roman Grosjean, 24th, Kellett, and 25th, Jimmy Johnson. Interesting, uh, Davey Hamilton, to see drivers like Marcus Erickson, Simon Pagino, those guys, and Elio Castroneves, even Takumasano, Roman Grosjean. They're stuck back from about 18th on back. Yeah, they are. And, you know, this track is very difficult to pass on. And not knowing what strategy they have, we see Jimmy Johnson and Kelly going side by side into turn one. Uh, they may be just trying to save fuel back there to where they're not pushing, try to uh, take a pit stop out of their strategy. But we'll just have to wait and see. Tire dag is another thing. As you said, Mark, most of these, most of these drivers are on the red, softer compound tires. But we have a few scattered through the field of the blacks. I'm going to assume the ones on the blacks just want to get them off, get on those reds for the remainder of this event. Yeah, we see Alex Below continue to work on the rear wing of Pottable Ward. That is the battle for the fourth position. It's coming off of turn number 12. Now, Scott McLaughlin opened up a pretty comfortable advantage. Matter of fact, good separation still between the top three, Michael Young. It tightens up for the battle for fourth, though. Yeah, certainly, and a shout-out to the two drivers battling for Rookie of the Year. Christian Lugard running in that second position, and then David Malukas running in that sixth. The best battle thus far in the field. Pato Award fourth, Palo fifth, and David Malukas is in that sixth position. Palo makes his way through five. Looking at that battle now, Pato Award, the highest-running driver on the black tires. He runs in the fourth spot, and that lead that he has over Palo seems to have stabilized over the last three or four laps or so. It's about five car lengths as they exit turn seven. To your point, Ryan, the two drivers trying to hunt Pato Award down the back straightaway are running the softer compound alternate reds. That's Alex Below, David Maluka. Still evenly separated, Mark, in turns 9 and 10. Those three drivers running 4th, 5th, and 6th. Is it interesting to note, Davey, that eight laps in, we already see a car on pit road and Simon Pagino? Yeah, I think it's a situation where he was being held up by traffic, just couldn't pass. All the cars are so equal, just playing follow the leader. So his advantage could be him getting in the pits, trying to undercut. He right now has free racetrack in front of him, goes fast as he wants, try to make up a lot of time. 
on those cars that were holding them up. Again, from fourth on back, Ryan Marine. It stayed pretty consistent, but still a good battle. Award Pillow and David Malukas. Awards got that spot. Pillow now about three car lengths behind as they enter six. Malukas seems to be the one that has the advantage here in recent laps. He's closed in somewhat on Pillow. Then it's about an eight car length gap to Rosenquist who runs behind. Then you find the Andretti Autosport teammates Colton Herta and Alexander Rossi. Yeah, as Pottom Awards pace starts to fall off a little bit, it becomes not just a three car battle for that fourth spot, but as Ryan pointed out, some more players starting to creep into the mix, including seventh place running Felix Rosenquist and eighth place running Colton Herta. Yeah, it's been a fun battle to watch this battle for the fourth position for a while. It looks like Malukas is putting a lot of pressure on Pillow. And then Alex is able to find himself a little breathing room and start to apply the pressure on Pato Award. Ten laps complete this time by Michael Young as they head back to you. And the advantage of those alternate reds may be slowly going away as Pato Award pulls away to about a four-car length advantage in that fourth position over Alex Pillow. And then it's about four or five back to David Malukas. So Pato Award trying to gap himself in that fourth position. And you might want to keep an eye on his teammate, Felix Rosenquist. He also started on the black tires. And it seems like he's made some inroads in recent laps on David Malukas, who continues to run in lockstep behind Pillow. Pillow still working over Pato Award, but he's made no progress in the last couple laps. Yeah, this is about as close as he's been. It's still about two to three car lengths down the back straightaway where they can really open up these Chevrolet and Honda engines. Uh, Pato Award holds on to that fourth spot. Mark, he gets to turn nine first as David Malukas bounces his way through turn ten. Yeah, David Malukas looks strong through nine, ten, and eleven. We'll see if that charge continues off of turn number ten. Indeed it does. And Michael Young, that threesome is noticeably closer now as they set up for turn number one. David Malukas has closed that four-car length advantage down to two over Alex Pillow. So Pillow now will gap himself back to about four car lengths. He's on the charge now. And Pato Award gets a bad run out of turn number three. But Pato able to gap himself another three car lengths. McLaughlin, Lundgaard, Power. That continues to be the top three. You've got to drop about 30 car lengths back to find this fight over the fourth spot. Pato Award still holds it down. Alex Pillow right in his tire tracks, but without a doubt, Felix Rosenquist has drawn a bead on David Malukas. It's about to become a four-car battle, Nick. Mexico's Pato Award, Spain's Alex Pillow, the United States' is David Malukas, and as Ryan touched on, Sweden's Felix Rosenquist starting to creep into the mix. Mark, he's about five car lengths behind Rosenquist, running about eighth spot. Davey, is it at all impressive as to what Pato Award is uh, able to do on those blacks with everyone else around him on reds? I mean, he's been able to hold serve for about the last five or six laps. Yeah, he's holding on right now, and the longer, actually, the longer he goes, the better off he is. The right. Reds are going to start slowing down somewhat, so the longer that he can stay out there and stay in front of these uh, other drivers with those uh, the softer tires. So, yeah, good job hanging on early on, but right now, I think he's going to start equaling their speed and maybe bettering their speed. Uh, Twelve laps complete. Scott McLaughlin, your leader, by 2.9 seconds over Christian Lundgaard. Will Power is third. Potable Ward is fourth. Alex Below is fifth. David Malukas, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta, Alexander Rossi, and Graham Rahal, the top ten of the Grand Prix in Portland. Uh, first round of pit stops are underway. Championship contender Joseph Newgarden brings his Hitachi car to the attention of his crew. Looks like tires and fuel, not much in the way of adjustments. He is down and away. How about uh, updates uh, starting with Alex Wolf? 
Well, for the front guys that pit out, Marcus Erickson has not progressed from his 18th starting position, but the team says that he thinks the car is good, and they might be getting ready to pit here in a little bit because they have taken a standing posture at the pit wall. Meanwhile, the Verizon Chevrolet for Will Power, the points leader, they said that Will is silent on the radio, and he's in the zone. See Jimmy Johnson coming off of pit road after his stop. How about an update from Dan Rusinowski? Scott Dixon, a pretty standard, approximately six-second pit stop for a change of tires, nothing else. Off he goes with the, the, that new set and, indeed, uh, the first of probably three stops for Dixon. Alex. As for Newgarden, very, very standard, as you mentioned. Uh, Rita's VK is on pit road to the attention of his crew. We see Alex Pillow on pit road as well. This update from pit road brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel that convenience store of IndyCar. We're now seeing the pit strategy unfold before our very eyes, Davey Hamilton. Absolutely. These drivers coming in early, trying to do that undercut, just trying to... If you're out in the line of cars and they're holding you up and you're losing you know, even a quarter of a second a lap to a half second a lap, it doesn't take very long to get your seconds behind. So if you can undercut by coming in, getting fresh fire stones on your car and just have free racetrack so you can cut some good laps, man, that, that could be the difference of this race. Looks like a little bit of trouble on the right front for Alex Below, Davey Hamilton, an extended stop for him in that Ridgeline car this weekend. Yeah, maybe a penalty. I'm not sure what the penalty is with loose wheel nuts, but the right front wheel on Pillow's car, the wheel nut came out of the gun, went flying across pit lane, didn't hurt anybody or anything. It didn't got out of everybody's way. Not sure if there's a penalty for loose wheel nuts or not, but he definitely had one. Uh, so now we look at and, and see the top 15 have yet to pit. That's about to change, though, as we see a David Malukas, Davey, among those coming to pit road. He and Felix Rosenquist come off the pit road side by side. Colton Hurdon just behind him. Yeah, Malukas, and uh, as you said, side by side, Malukas is going to beat Rosenquist. They pull right in front of Pillow as uh, Colton Hurd pulls behind him and uh, Joseph Newgarden. So uh, kind of where they were, but now now they got you know, they're back in traffic again. That's a bad point. If the car in front of that line is holding the other cars up, really doesn't, you really can't take advantage of that undercut. Pillow's got a pretty good run on Felix Rosenquist, Ryan Marine. Yeah, he took a beat to the outside in six. Can't get it done, but now he crosses him over. The two nearly bang wheels in the approach to seven. Pillow grabs the spot away. Now Joseph Newgarden smells blood in the water. He goes side by side with Rosenquist. Rosenquist is on those brand new tires. Doesn't have any heat in them, and it looks like Joseph Newgarden's going to get by. Meanwhile, Will Power comes to pit lane, Alex. He's down and away, a fresh set of the alternate red tires, a smooth pit stop for the 12 crew. The Verizon Chevrolet is back into the race. Uh, so we see him come off of turn number 12 now. Alex Pillow is under assault. Joseph Newgarden wants him again. These guys just pitted. Joseph Newgarden heads to turn number one. Rosenquist, Colton Herta in tow. Alex Pillow is trying to defend himself. Joseph Newgarden pitted early, and Alexander Rossi just rejoined the battle. Colton Herter will look to the inside of Felix Rosenquist. He'll take over that position as Alexander Rossi tries to get some heat in those tires. Alex Pillow, then Newgarden, Rossi, and Colton Herter. Rosenquist has dropped like a stone on this lap. Lost positions to Pillow, Newgarden, now Rossi and Herter. Herter looking racy, trying to attack his teammate. The Napa Honda of Alexander Rossi coming under attack, but he's on a different set of tires, I believe, than Herta. These are all drivers that prior to the pit stops were running just outside of the top five. Colton Herta trying to set up his teammate. He'll look to the outside of Alexander Rossi. It funnels down to turn number nine. He'll complete that pass mark before they get to nine and ten. Davey, it is very, very rare to see a driver make a move to the inside of the setup at turn number nine. 
Yeah, it really is. What a run by Colton Hurley. He really had one going. Rossi struggled coming off that final corner off a of nine and ten, or off, I'm sorry, eight and nine. Just didn't have that run, and Colton Hurley had it. And one thing we see maybe with Lundquist just struggling just that little bit, or Rosenquist, I'm sorry, uh, uh, is he is on the blacker, black sidewall standard tires, not as soft as these red ones. So right now he's battling with the guys with the red softer sidewalls, struggling, keeping up. Yeah, now finally, Damey, he's, uh, I think he's starting to find a little bit of pace, and that's simply because uh, the, the, the heat is built back up on those tires. But, boy, he was like yeah. he was a sitting duck against those guys on the reds. Yeah, that's right. It just takes a little bit of extra time to get heat in those tires and get that additional grip. And, and, it, and it, just what you said, Marcus, as this run continues on, as we watch Scott Dixon going to go by him or attempt to go by him going down into turn 10 right now, and he does make that pass. So uh, it just takes that little extra time. But w- when the tire, the reds start wearing out, he's going to have some extra speed. Uh, Renus VK is the next one that has Felix Rosenquist in the crosshairs. Let's go back up front, pick up Scott McLaughlin, Davey, a three point. Six second lead over Christian Lundgaard. So now we see that McLaughlin, Lundgaard, Ray Hall, and Eilat are the top four. Marcus Erickson is fifth. Will Power was able to cycle back in at the 17th position. He's currently running sixth. De Francesco Sato's yet to pit. Dalton Kellen is yet to pit. So the question is, when do we expect to see the top five of McLaughlin, Lundgaard, Ray Hall, Eilat, and Erickson, Davey? Well, well, I have to think, if I'm those drivers, I'm going to look at lap times, Mark. I'm going to say, okay, what kind of lap times are we able to turn, and what kind of lap times are the, the cars that just pitted turning? Right now, McLaughlin, a one-minute, 59-second. And then you go, let's go to Rossi. He's 15th. He just pinned a one minute nine oh. Still quicker. So why not stay out there? He's still quicker than the Kai's with new tires. And if he starts falling below those numbers and he starts losing uh, track ground, that's when you'd come in. Uh, Malukas and uh, Palo and Newgarden, they're stacked up. That's Dalton Kellett that they're trying to get around into turn number one, Michael Young. And Alex Blow was able to get around David Malukas. Now Joseph Newgarden trying to get around the rookie as well. Pelot will look to the inside of Dalton Kellett, trying to get him and dispose of him in turn number five. He will make his way to in turn number five and nearly catch him on the rear wing. Yeah, they've really stacked up here behind Kellett. He's the cork in the bottle right now. It's Pelot, Malukas, Newgarden who runs a little bit wide. And now here comes Colton Herta. He smells blood. He's going after Joseph Newgarden heading down the back stretch to pit lane and out. Alex. Very, very standard stop. A set of scuffed reds goes for McLaughlin. So he goes from alternate reds to alternate reds. This is scuffed set as he's off and away. Uh, Scott McLaughlin comes to pit road with 21 laps complete here at the Grand Prix of Portland. I got to thank these great stations all across the land for carrying the Grand Prix of Portland today. WCNX at Mattoon, Illinois, WDCU at Winterfield, North Carolina, and WJCW in Johnson City, Tennessee. 23 laps complete. Uh, Callum Eilat listed as the leader. Scott McLaughlin is currently shown in second. Marcus Erickson is third. Will Power fourth. Christian Lundgaard is fifth. Uh, Eilat and Erickson have yet to pit Davey Hamilton with 23 laps complete. And uh, a, 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 a bit of a struggle on the stop for Christian Lundgaard. Needs to look at lap time. Oh, well, let's start with Lundgaard. Yeah, terrible stop right there when 
His fueler plugged in. They took a little extra time. He plugged in a little late, but they wanted it full. When he went to unplug, you really have to get these Buckeyes perfectly straight coming out of the car. Hard to do sometimes. It's really made for a tall guy to do. Got cocked up in there, couldn't get it out, and, and lost some time. Right now, with a few people still needing to pit, including Eilat, he needs to look at lap times. He's losing a lot of ground. He needs to come out and get some fresh tires. And uh, he is coming to pit road. He's on pit road, in fact, Davey, so that will cycle the lead back to Scott McLaughlin. Great timing on the pit stop uh, by the, uh, the three crew. Absolutely. The three crew, they, they, they know when to do it. Made a really nice stop. Cycles him back to the front. But how about Erickson? He's the next one. He should be coming in momentarily. He still has not pitted. Finds himself in that second position. But uh, he, hes I, I don't think he's going to end up very good after the cycle. And Callum Eilat's going to cycle back in in a precarious position, Michael Young. He is sandwiched in between Alexander Rossi and Scott Dixon. And Scott Dixon's going to try to take advantage and get around Callum Eilat. Callum has those fresh blacks on, but he doesn't have them up to temperature. Dixon on the attack again as they enter turn number five. Call it a car leg. And that brings Renas VK into the mix as well. Eilat still holding that spot, at least for now, going through turn six. But he's got Scott Dixon taking a lunge up the inside. They go wheel to wheel. And Dixon runs him a little bit wide. That opens the door for Renas VK to come through. Rear end of that 77 car for Callum Eilat. Stepping out left and right as he tries to get some heat to those tires, but he will lose two more spots. Dixon gets by, VK gets by. Renus VK's looking aggressive. He's going to shoot to the inside of Scott Dixon. Dixon slams the door shut in turn nine. Impressive battle for the 11th position now. Scott Dixon has it. Renus VK wants it. Callum Eilat with those uh, black primary tires uh, in tow. David Maluk is trying to keep pace with that bunch as they roar back toward turn number one. Scott Dixon leads that freight train. Battle for 11th, and Renus VK only a car length behind Scott Dixon. Callum Eilat looks like he has those tires up to temperature. David Malukas starts to close in on the rear wing of Callum Eilat, but Scott Dixon doing those Scott Dixon things. Checks out about three car lengths over Renus VK. It's Dixon, VK, and then a trio of rookies led by Callum Eilat. Then it's David Malukas in behind him. That's where you find Kyle Kirkwood who's had a nice, quiet day for A.J. Foyt. He's catching that trio and very much in the mix. Dixon lost the ton of ground to the 10th place running car of Alexander Rossi when he got held up by that uh, car of Callum Eilat fresh off of pit lane. So he and BK both going to have to gather it back up. Mark running in the 11th and 12th spot. Davey Hamilton for now. A lot of eyes on Marcus Erickson currently running in the second position. Are, should, are you surprised he hasn't come to pit road yet? Yeah, I am. He's doing the long run right now. Now, let me see. We're on lap. Yeah, he's still way too far out to try to stretch his fuel into a two, two uh, uh, pit stop strategy. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised he hasn't came in. Uh, Colton Hernan in a pretty good battle with Alexander Rossi, Ryan Marine. That's the battle for the ninth position in front of you. And Colton got that spot a little while ago, and he's been able to consolidate that lead. But that said, Alexander Rossi has designs on getting back in front, in front of Colton Herta. That's where you find Graham Rahal, who is putting pressure himself on Joseph Newgarden. It's Newgarden, Rahal, Herta, and Rossi making their way to turn eight. Yep, that's the uh, drivers running seventh on back from Newgarden behind. Graham Rahal has looked awful racy so far today. That is those two Andretti Autosport teammates, Mark, locked in tow. It's uh, Herta trying to run down Rossi right behind him in that 10th spot. Again, Scott McLaughlin is your leader. Marcus Erickson currently shown in the second position. And Michael Young, is Will Power starting to draw a bead on Marcus Erickson, even though they're on different pit strategies? 
I would say no. I think Will Powers kind of staying where he is. The person on the charge is Christian Lundgaard. He was once about 15 car lengths behind, and Ryan, he's closing down to about eight. Yeah, I'll second that observation. Lundgaard is very strong in the first half of the stint. It looked like Power had the edge on him in the second half of that opening stint, but right now it's the Dane Lundgaard who's making some headway in his pursuit of Will Power. Power pitted five laps before Christian Lundgaard, so Lundgaard's tires a little bit fresher. They will make their way down the back straightaway, separated by about six car lengths. Both of them trying to run down the second-place car of Marcus Erickson, Mark, into the switchback of 9 and 10. Well, there's no question the disparity between those three is pretty much equal. That hasn't changed much on lap number 27. We'll see if they start to close by lap 28. Comfortable to Scott McLaughlin, Michael Young. That lead is up to 5.2 seconds. To call it as far as turns go, McLaughlin's already turned four. Erickson just now entering turn number four. And it does look like Will Power has closed that gap since the last lap. To this lap, he's closed it down from 15 to about 12. So Power may be on the charge, and Erickson's tires may be worn out. 12 car lengths the gap between Erickson, who's in the PNC Bank colors this weekend, and Power. Then it's about eight car lengths back to find Lundgaard. You've got to drop a significant amount back to find the next car in the running order. That's Pato Award, who's running all by his lone. He got the jump in that pit cycle on Alex Pillow, and he's been pulling out that advantage. Erickson's car lighter based on uh, the uh, gas tank running out of fuel, but certainly the concern of those Firestone tires, Mark. It looks like Power and Lundgaard starting to run him down out of 10. Davey in the battle for the Rookie of the Year championship. Uh, David Malukas had closed within 11 of Christian Lundgaard. He started in the 10th position, did Malukas, but this did not been kind to him. He's lost a couple of spots. He's snapped back to 15th. Yeah, sure did. Lungard in that fourth spot. Malukas in that 15th right now. Not to, doing himself any favors to try to capture that rookie of the year. But on Lungard's side, he's doing everything he has to do. Super good run. He pitted on lap 22 last. He finds himself in that fourth position. Although he ran second a lot of this race. But I think Erickson will cycle up behind him. Power undercut him somewhat. But really good run by Lungard right now. 30 laps complete next time by Scott McLaughlin, your leader. Marcus Erickson is second, but is yet to pit. Will Power is third. Guard is fourth. Pottawa Ward is fifth. Alex Below is sixth. Joseph Newgard is seventh. Graham Rahal is eighth. Colton Hurt a ninth. Alexander Rossi is tenth. We pause ten seconds for station identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. Complete Scott McLaughlin, your leader. Marcus Erickson is second. Will Power is third. Christian Lundgaard is fourth. Potable Ward is fifth. Alex Ballou is sixth. Joseph Newgarden seventh. Granbury Hall is eighth. Colton Herta is ninth. Alexander Rossi is tenth. Scott Dixon, eleventh. Remus VK is twelfth. Callum Eilat is thirteenth. Fourteenth is Kyle Kirkwood. Fifteenth is David Maluka. Sixteenth is Felix Rosenquist. Seventeenth, Pagano. Eighteenth, Harvey. Nineteenth, Castro Nevis. Twentieth, Daly. We'll give you the rest of the field after we get the, the stop of Marcus Erickson. Alex Wolf has it. Taking those blacks off, putting on the primary reds is Marcus Erickson. No front wing adjustments right now. Waiting for the left front tire changer to tell him to go. He goes in a nice stop for the PNC Bank crew. Update brought to you by Speedway, official field and convenience store of IndyCar. Michael Young, give us a visual. Who is he going to cycle back in with into turn number one? 
Well, he's just made his way out, and he just got in front of Elio Castro-Nevis. So Elio Castro-Nevis running in that 18th position. We'll see if Marcus can get up to speed. Of course, those tires brand new, and Elio's on the charge. He certainly is, but nowhere to make that move through turns four or five. How about six? Well, for now, the answer is no. Connor Daly enters into the picture as well. He's right there on the rear wing of Castro-Nevis. That fight continues through turn seven. Boy, it's amazing. All it takes is one car off of pit lane to stack things up. Up. Elio Castroneves, Connor Daly, not necessarily having great runs, but they're looking left and right, trying to get around the championship contender, Marcus Erickson. Mark, it looks like Erickson may settle into that 18th spot. And we had uh, a, a, a bit of a touchy moment there when he came off of pit road. And, Davey, there's no question that uh, timing is everything when you come off of pit road because of what you've got to get cycled back in and you've got to get back up to speed quickly because, uh, boy, through four, five, and six, it's just awfully tight and almost impossible to pass through there. Yeah, it sure is. And once you get to that area, when you have cold tires and the rest of the team or crew uh, drivers have hot ones, man, it really makes it hard. You're really sliding around down there. As we did see Grosjean run through the chicane oh so lightly, didn't lose or gain any spots, but has to give up one spot behind him. Though really, that's a lot of rare area because there's really nobody behind him. Yeah, you know, there have been a lot of memos sent to IndyCar teams over the course of this weekend, and there certainly is a specific way in which uh, they're being told to tackle that chicane in terms of uh, getting right back onto the racetrack. Michael Young, now that this is all sorted out, will power, uh, is he able to hold off Christian Lundgaard so far? Is Lundgaard making some progress? That looks about the same. It's about 50, uh, 10 car legs between Will Power and Christian Lungard. Power runs in that second position. Lungard is in the third position. The guy that looks like he's starting to make up ground is Pato Award, Ryan Marine. Totally agree. And now Pato is closer to Lungard than he is to his pursuer, Alex Pelot. That's not been the case until here very recently. So keep an eye on the number five machine behind him. That's where you find the defending series champ, Alex Pelot. He's got Joseph Newgarden and Graham Rahal in a train behind him headed to Nick. All of these drivers trail Scott McLaughlin. His lead is 8.2 seconds over Will Power. That uh, gap between Power and Lundgaard. Michael called about 10 car lengths on the stopwatch mark. It's about 1.2 seconds. Yeah, there's no question that before law, Graham Rahal could uh, create some level of discomfort for Joseph Newgarden. And uh, let's face it, when you're in a battle for a championship, every position is oh so very important. So, they're all trying to track down Pato Award. So, it's all Ward, Pelot, Newgarden, Rahal, all of those guys had to turn number one, Michael Young. Yeah, and Pato Award has really gapped himself from the machine of Alex Pelot. Pelot has been one of the quicker guys, at least on the first part of this stint. Then it's Joseph Newgarden and Graham Rahal. They're working their way through turn number six now. Remember, Newgarden lost several spots on the start, so it's been a nice rally for him to get back up into that position just outside of the top five. He runs six car lengths behind Pelot. It's another six car lengths back. That's where you find the total quartz car of Graham Rahal. Pelot and Newgarden run fifth and sixth. They were the first two cars to pit that currently run inside the top 10. So some short pitting strategy has worked for both of those drivers. Alex Pelot holds on to that fifth spot over Joseph Newgarden and Marcus strong charge. Graham Rahal's had a nice day in seven. And Davey, let's face it, if uh, if you are uh, if you have resigned yourself to the pit strategy that you've chosen, then uh, what it boils down to, especially is, is at the rapid pace that we're setting, the blistering pace we're setting through the first 36 laps, the time you come to pit road, the timing of that pit stop is going to be oh so important in relationship to the guys that are pursuing you. 
Yeah, that, exactly right. Because that that we have, you look down to when these teams are pitted. You have like, for example, I'll just use Rosenquist. The last pitted 16. Pagano lap eight. Harvey 13. Erickson 32. So they're scattered all over the place. Which Eric, you said the, the undercut or overcut that they're trying to do. You need to make sure you're in front of that competitor that you're trying to to pass before you come out of pit lane. Because once you get to turn one, two, and three, like you said, Mark, pretty jammed up, and then going through those flowing corners and not a lot of passing until you get to the back straightaway. So uh, the, the, the overwhelming majority of the field at Davey is uh, on those alternate reds. And as we said, going into the weekend, you know, everybody has that strategy laid out in terms of when they're going to use the reds and when they're going to use the blacks in that first practice session. But let's go back to that. We had uh, almost a one-hour delay because of uh, an issue with the video board. And then when we got back to green flag conditions, we had 51 minutes remaining. But a lot of teams, as we heard drivers say, didn't even get an opportunity to run reds and see how they would do in qualifying sips. I guess the plus side of that is it helped their race strategy in terms of giving them plenty of reds at their disposal for race day. Yeah, it could be an advantage. Like in the history of this race, Reds have been the tire to beat, the faster ones. I still think today, whoever's going to win this race, I feel like started on the black, harder compounds that are going to finish uh, the last two sets with the red, softer compounds. But if you remember, one of their one of the sets of tires they had, they had to do a qualifying run on, as you said, Mark. So they won't be quite as good as some of the competitors that didn't make the fast six uh, that have two sets of those red tires. Hey, we want to thank the good folks at McAllister's Deli for providing lunch to car radio today. We tried the new Green Goddess Cobb salad from McAllister's. It's available for a limited time only. So order on the app online or at your local McAllister's Deli today. Plus earn points on your favorites when you sign up for McAllister's Rewards. Let's go out to Ryan Marine and Ryan some news earlier today involving uh, what could be the future and what it entails for one Mr. Colton Herta. Exactly. The rumor mill has been swirling around Colton as it concerns Formula One for quite some time now. But the first real concrete signs that he might get that shot to become the first American in F1 since Alexander Rossi came this morning after the Dutch Grand Prix when Red Bull's Dr. Helmut Marco told Racer Magazine's Chris Medlin that there is a deal in principle with Colton Herta pending him receiving a super license from the FIA that would see him join the Red Bull junior team, AlphaTauri. That also would see Pierre Gasly move on from the AlphaTauri team to the Alpine team. But again, all of this is pending that super license from the FIA. They're going to have to do a little bit of work to make that a possibility. But if they do, we could know within a week or so if that's going to be the case. Colton Herta might be Formula One bound next year. Be interesting, Davey, if that silly season is capped off with seats available at Andretti Autosport and at Ganassi Racing, huh? Yeah, it sure will be. And I do know this. Michael has always said, hey, if Colton has an opportunity to go Formula One racing, he's going to let him go Formula One racing. Don't worry about the contract. Now, uh, I hope that it's the right move. You never know. Sometimes you get ate up over there. Obviously, Colton, if you're, if I'm in his shoes, absolutely. I'm going to go give it a shot. Hope for the best. Hope that you have a good running car for that particular, you know, for next year and that you can be competitive and not just be another car in the field. On the other side of the coin, we know he can win over here. We know he's very competitive. And I think Colton just has his head down. He'll take each opportunity uh, when it comes to him. But right now, he's focused on winning IndyCar races. 40 laps of the 110 to be contested are complete. It's the Scott McLaughlin show so far. 7.4 second lead over Will Power. Christian Ludgard, Pato Award, Alex Below. Joseph Newgarden is 6th. Ray Hall, 7th. Herta, 8th. Rossi ninth, Scott Dixon tenth at the Grand Prix of Portland.
up. We've been watching a really good battle for the fifth position. And uh, Nick Yeoman, let's face it, uh, and for Joseph Newgarden, every position is so very, very important. He was able to pick one up in the tournament eye. Yep, uh, he got past Alex Pillow, set him up, held his way down the back straightaway, made that pass. And Mark, Alex Pillow is not done having his hands full. The good run for Graham Rahal continues, exiting turn number seven. Graham Rahal running in that seventh spot. He'll look to the outside of Alex Pillow down the back straightaway. That will become the inside into turn number nine. The American picks up that spot, so move Graham Rahal up to sixth, Alex Pillow back to seven. Yeah, what could be the issue for Alex Pillow, Davey? I mean, there's two guys that made passes around him look pretty easy. Yeah, I don't know if there's the situation with his tires just uh, doesn't have a good set or they out of round. They just don't have the grip that he normally has. I'm not sure. It is the red, softer sidewall tires. Should be up to speed. We'll see. Colton Herta is behind him right now. We'll see if Colton can deal with him as well. A couple of laps ago, Michael Young, you said he may have been a little hard, a little overzealous on the brakes in the turn one. Yeah, that was when Joseph Newgarden was really pushing to get around him, and it was Alex Pillow made his way to turn number one. He locked him at about the 50-foot mark and then slid through turn number one, so potentially damaging those softer red compound tires. He, remember, also came in a little bit earlier, but now he may have his hands full, Nick, of Colton Herta as Colton starts to close in. Yeah, Pillow, the pace is gone on that race car down the back straightaway. Colton Herta is closing within two car lengths. Right behind Herta is his teammate Alexander Rossi, so Alex Pillow is holding on for dear life. Mark, it looks like he'll hold on to that seventh spot for now into turn nine and ten, but Herta and uh, Rossi are charging from just inside the top ten. Yeah, no question that, uh, you know, Newgarden and Rahal, they are long gone, and Alex Pillow continues to try to hold on to that position as they roar across the start-finish line. We'll see if uh, how things fare, and he actually, he peeled off and went to pit lane, so now we'll focus on the battle for seventh between Herta and Rossi. Colton Herta two car lengths ahead of Alexander Rossi. Rossi now with the charge. So with Alex Pillow on pit lane, we will see Alexander Rossi close in on Colton Herta. He's got it to it now. Two car lengths. Yeah, the two teammates are as close as they've been in some time. Two car lengths through the left-hander of turn number six. We'll keep an eye on that battle. But now down to the pits and Dan. Alex Pillow comes in and switches off to a sticker set of blacks. A little bit of a fuel, pretty standard stop. No adjustments to the car, and he's off and away. Update from Pit Road brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel that convenience store of IndyCar. We see Felix Rosenquist, the latest to exit pit road. So, Davey, here we go with the pit window opening for the second round. That's right. Pit window's open. It all started with Simon Pagino. Unfortunately, he's in that 24th position. It's not working out for him right now. Grosjean in that 25th position. Those two drivers having a tough day today. We just seen. We'll see right now if the speed can increase for below. He sits in 20th right now. Uh, not doing his championship uh, chase any favors. Falls down right now. Two positions in that championship seventh. Rosenquist provided no challenge at all for Will Power when he came off of pit road, Nick. Yeah, there's no doubt. That was a, a perfectly timed pass by Will Power to get around Rosenquist and not get stuck behind that driver with those fading or brand new tires. The battle that may be picking up Marcus for third. Christian Lundgaard's trying to hold on, but Pottawa Ward is close within a second of the final step of the podium. So I know that stops are underway, but we do want to remind you what the top ten looked like with 45 laps complete. It's got McLaughlin, Will Power, Christian Lundgaard, and Pottawa Ward through fourth. Joseph Newgarden is in that fifth position. Ray Hall is sixth. Herta is seventh. Rossi is eighth. Dixon is ninth. And Reedus VK is tenth. And as uh, Nick mentioned, it's uh, Lundgaard that uh, is on the charge. And uh, 
They're working their way through one and two. Alexander Rossi still in that battle with Herta, Rossi, and BK. That's the sixth, seventh, and eighth position. We've had four leaders and four lead changes, but Davey, a lot of that due to the pit strategy because it's been the Scott McLaughlin show so far this afternoon. Wow, he really has, uh, you know, he's fired up. He got that pole position determined to win this race right now, isn't he? I mean, just what he doesn't really need to mess around in the strategy. He just has pure on-track speed. Dan Rusinowski, the Wolfpack, going to work on Scott Dixon's car. That's right. Very, very quick change to some scuff reds. Also, just seconds before that, Joseph Newgarden came in for a quick stop and some service. Both are off and running. Dixon comes out behind Alex Pelot. Can he get back up to speed and catch up with him, Ryan Marine? So far, the answer appears to be no. Pelot starting to build that gap again. It's now up to about 12 car lengths over the PNC Bank driver. Scott Dixon on those fresh tires straight out of the pits, but it is blacks on Pelot, reds on Dixon. Something to keep an eye on in this stint. Callum Eilat, the latest to come to pit road. Eilat's uh, been firmly in the top ten for most of this afternoon after a good start. And started again, Davey. This is where it gets a little precarious under these green flag conditions with these cars cycling back in after cutting off the pit road. Yeah, that's right. It's hard to do an undercut when there's so many cars on pit lane. Another thing to keep an eye on, what adjustments are these guys taking? We've seen earlier on where the cars took loads of nosewing. They just kept cranking it in there. We see right now where Lugard took nosewing out of that car about a turn and a half, telling you that the front end is too stuck, overly stuck, not getting that back end grip that he needs. So we'll see if these black tires and the adjustment helps him get some speed. So here we are at lap of 47, Davey. When do you expect to see the likes of uh, McLaughlin and those who last well, pitted in right the 20s? Now. Yeah, yeah they're coming right now, yeah. Scott McLaughlin comes to Dan Rusinowski. Up come the Jacks, off come the Reds, on go the Blacks, and in goes the Fuel. Pretty good stop here for Scott McLaughlin. Off he goes. Alex Wolf. Off of the alternate Reds, out of the primary Blacks for Will Power. Now waiting to replenish that 18 and a half gallons of Speedway fuel down and away in 7.53 seconds for the 12 car. And Michael Young, any traffic around them as they exit pit road and head to turn one? Scott McLaughlin got around Jimmy Johnson, but barely made it. And for Will Powers, he tries to get those tires up to temperature. Has Callum Eilat closing in on his rear wing. It looks like Will will be okay for now, but a car leg separates he and Callum Eilat. Yeah, it's tight. No question about that in the run to five. Will Power holds down that spot. He's now got a two and a half car length lead over Eilat through the left-hander of six. McLaughlin's been able to keep Jimmy Johnson behind him. Same story. Will Power relative to Eilat. Right behind them though, Pottawa Ward just pitted. He's on fresh rubber trying to get some heat into those red side uh, wall, the Firestone alternate tires and the Christian Lundgaard machine. He's pitted one lap ago trying to put some pressure on down the back straightaway. Looks like Pottawa Ward, Mark will hold them off and heading to turn number nine. We see Connor Daly coming off of pit road. So, Davey, uh, we're looking now for uh, Graham Rahal and Alexander Rossi. They will be the last couple to pit in this sequence. That's exactly right. And Erickson, he's out of sequence a bit too. Finds himself in that sixth position. He hopes the race can end like this because if it continues on, if he gets filed back in that 20th spot. But right now, Graham Rahal's looking good. He's the last one that needs a pit right now. Sean McLaughlin, Bauer in second and third. And again, Davey, Jack Harvey has had his share of struggles throughout the course of the weekend. But all in all, for Rahal, Letterman, Lanning, and racing uh, for both of the, uh, the, the other two drivers in that stable, it's been a pretty solid weekend so far. Wow, really solid. They'd like it to end right now. Ray Hall in one, P1, and Lou Garden P6. Uh, really good runs by that team. They've been strong the last four or five races, Mark, so uh, no surprise when they find themselves on victory line. 
So, 50 laps complete next time by Graham Rahal is your leader. McLaughlin running in second. Power Erickson at award the top five the Grand Prix of Portland. The track is really challenging. It's really short. It's really fast. Really tight. As soon as you go a little bit over the limit, you are off. And there's walls there, uh, even if it's a road course. So, yeah, makes it really, really challenging to be on the limit. Alex Vallow currently running in the 10th position, uh, trying to go back-to-back in terms of championships. Odds aren't looking good, even though he is consistently in the top 10 on most of this day. And Davey Hamilton, the lead now 6.3 seconds for Scott McLaughlin over Will Power. Power sees him continue to pull away because he's been bottled up behind Dalton Keller. Yeah, that's right, and, and that lead is pretty impressive, isn't it? I mean, as competitive as these cars are, for McLaughlin to get a 6.2-second lead is just absolutely outstanding over his teammate. Erickson right now, we know he's he's in that third position right now, but he last pinned it on 32. We're going to see him in, oh, you know, I'd say in another 10 laps, but still not enough to make it a two-stop race by saving as we see somebody do a bit of a spin over off of turn five. Looks like uh, Jimmy Johnson uh, did a spin, was able to keep on going, didn't affect anybody. No yellows coming out at this point, Mark. But right now, it looks like, you know, McLaughlin Power, Pato Award looking strong. I think he'll cycle into that third spot. Lungard, another one, that rookie that we continue to talk about in that fifth spot now, I think he has a really good shot to still be on that podium. Yeah, and in his quest uh, to pick up that uh, rookie championship and uh, pull even uh, with uh, with Lungard, it's not been a good day for David Malukas. A lot of promise going into qualifying, Davey, and he kind of backed that up. Looked pretty good in the final practice last night, but uh, he's been mired back around 15th to 18th most of the day. Yeah, you know, I looked at him and his teammate, and it seemed like there was a huge gap between them most of the weekend. That'd be Takuma Sato, but then uh, you know, I kind of looked at their lap times during the race, and all of a sudden, Malukas is losing time, finds himself in 18th, and Sato is in 8th right now. He finds some speed, so it seems like one car, Malukas, had a good qualifying car, but it sounds like Sato had a good racing car. Lundgaard, Newgarden, Ryan Marine, that's a pretty good battle for 5th. And this one's been brewing for a few laps. Joseph Newgarden, though, is well and truly there. He's got the rookie in his crosshairs, not close enough to make a move through 7 this time, but he's close, Nick. Christian Lundgaard, the disadvantage he is on those primary black tires, uh, happened to stick it out with this stint. Those tires slower. Newgarden's on the alternate reds. Newgarden didn't get as strong of a charge, though, down the back straightaway. Lundgarder hold him off. Mark exiting turn 10, but it is one car length. And simply put, in his quest to win another championship, this is an opportunity for him to maybe get to two spots for one because now Marcus Erickson has come to pit road. A drag race down the straightaway. Joseph Newgarden to the inside into turn number one. And he made it look easy, did Joseph Newgarden, but Christian Lundgaard not done. He will try to battle back on the inside of that, but Newgarden will have a car length advantage. Lundgaard starts to look again, but Joseph Newgarden able to gap now, Ryan Marie. Two car lengths, but that was good for a moment. Newgarden slammed the door because Lundgaard had designs on taking that spot back. The lead now over Lundgaard for Newgarden has ballooned. It's up to five car lengths headed to turn number seven. Next up for Joseph Newgarden on his hunting list is Pottawa Ward. Yep, and right now he is two 2.9 seconds behind for Newgarden to try to walk his way into podium position. Meanwhile, Mark, we just saw Marcus Erickson leave pit lane, and it got awful hairy in one and two. Yeah, David Malukas just worked his way around him uh, through three and four, and uh, speaking of Marcus Erickson, the reason he's back there, he just came off a of pit road, and Alex Wolf called the stop. 
A PNC Bank Honda number eight for the Indianapolis 500 champion Marcus Erickson came in, got off of those reds onto blacks, down and away in 7.19 seconds. Uh, 7.91 seconds. So uh, here we go. Now that we've cycled back in, Erickson does in the 16th position. McLaughlin is your leader. Will Power is second. Award Newgarden and Lungard. Does Colton Herta pick up a position on Alex Pillow? That's the ninth position in turn number one. He just got around Alex Pillow, but Pillow not done. He's going to try to get that position back. He tucks underneath that rear wing of Colton Herta, and then Renus VK's on the charge as well. He's trying to get around Pillow. Really, any thoughts of playing offense dissipated quickly for Pillow after Herta got by because VK has arrived. The Dutchman right now on the precipice. The car twitches a little. He lunges up the inside up below and for the moment he grabs the spot in seven that is a great pass by renas vk setting up the ntt indycar series champion at least for one more week got to the inside renas vk into the top 10 mark that moves alex below to 11 uh, scott dixon colton herna saying have at it boys i don't think below's done just yet setting up for turn number nine he's right there in the tire tracks he'll make the swing through turn number 10 rest of the field starts to pull away a little bit colton herna gets to turn 12 first we'll see if below can drag race down the straightaway, grab that spot back into turn number one. Yeah, Colton Herta is checked out from Renus VK and Alex Pillow just tired of losing positions. Renus VK able to check out about four car lengths and if Alex Pillow is going to try to catch him, he's going to need a better run out of turn number three. And we've got a battle further up as we see the machine of not only uh, Jack Hartner, I should say Graham Rahal, but Alexander Rossi. Yeah, Rahal now has Alexander Rossi on, on his heels and Rossi appears to be charging. This is the fight for the sixth spot. Rahal has it. Rossi trying to take it away, Nick. They'll charge onto the back straightaway. Graham Rahal's advantage about two car lengths. Trying to hold on to that sixth position. Down the back straightaway. Rossi right in the tire tracks. Trying to use the draft. Set him up into turn number nine. He's not close enough. Mark, he'll have to follow him through the right-hander of ten. Back into turn 11 as well. Good run for a couple of drivers that want to see momentum. Last couple of races for Alexander Rossi with Andretti Autosport. It's a drag race across the start-finish line. Again, this is the battle for the sixth position as it heads to turn number one. Alexander Rossi quite Quietly trying to work his way into the top five. He's trying to get around Graham Rahal for that sixth position. Got the left sides on the curbing, did Alexander Rossi. That upset the balance of the car ever so slightly, and it will allow Graham Rahal to get about a two-car length advantage over Rossi. And who's watching this battle? Well, that would be Scott Dixon. He's about ten car lengths behind that fight for the sixth spot. Rahal still has that position, but he's on the blacks. Rossi on the reds. He closes in once again within half a car length. And that lead expands somewhat under acceleration down towards turn eight. Top five, McLaughlin, Power, Award, Newgarden, Lungard. We are watching the battle for sixth between a pair of Americans. Rossi closed, entering the back straightaway. Graham Rahal, though, way too strong. Markey accelerates about three car lengths ahead. Graham will hold on to that sixth spot for another lap. Five-second lead for Scott McLaughlin. Uh, will Power has shaved about a second off of it in the last three or four laps or so. Time now for a minute with Mario, presented by Rule of Mortgage. This week, we talked with Mario about whether or not he's a night owl or a morning person and we pose the question did you have any pre-race superstitions not really except uh, i even hate to say it i want to make sure that i uh, always i will always enter the race car on the left side from the left side and if anyone hands me a green marker to sign an autograph i will not do it sorry i don't know why but uh, i just one of those silly things and that's about it. I certainly don't get up early in the morning. Uh, it's easier to stay up late. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm a bit lazy in that respect. But uh, that's why I always say that's why I started driving race cars because usually activity doesn't start until later in the day. But then all of a sudden, things a lot of things change. You know, we used to have a lot of these practice periods. You know, at about eight thirty, nine o'clock, and I used to kind of uh, mess up my schedule. But uh, nevertheless, we comply. A minute with Mario, presented by Ruoff Mortgage for a fast mortgage process. Apply online at ruoffmortgage.com. Another two tenths went off during that minute with Mario. So it's McLaughlin over Will Power, Award, Newgarden, Lundgard, the top five, Ray Hall, Rossi, Dixon, Herta, VK, the top ten in the Grand Prix of Portland. to keep everything consistent, similar to what we had last year. So the teams had an opportunity to come out, run on the new tires, and got good feedback so far. We don't see a lot of wear or anything on the primary tires. Alternate tires look pretty good. Some people are using the left front a little bit more than others, but in general, everything looks great. That's a good friend, Kara Kostralik from Firestone, Davey, talking about the fact that they, they came back here with essentially the same compound that they had one year ago, and I think so far it's worked well. Yeah, well, they had no problems last year whatsoever, so why not bring it again? Don't fix it if it's not broken, and a good job by Firestone. These tires, I think, as far as compounds and as far as the, the degradation between the reds and the blacks, and I think they've done a great job. I think they nothing changes on these cars or this track for next year. They ought to bring the same one again. Callum Eilat is all over Alex Below, Michael Young. That's the battle for 11th. I was keeping an eye on that as they made their way through turn number one. Callum closed within about a car length, but Alex Below able to get a nice launch out of turn number three. Call that three car lengths now. Three car lengths on the approach to turn six. They get down to that inside rumble strip. Now both cars will let it drift out wide, but Eilat kept it a little bit tighter that time than Below did. Into the breaking zone for seven. They put the power down out of that hairpin corner, and Eilat's chase continues through turn eight. Well, let's not pull any punches. This is not the type of day Alex Below needed. He is seeing any chance of defending his championship run out down the back straightaway. Those pair of green cars battling Mark for the 11th position. Alex Pillow holds on just two car lengths ahead of Eilat. Uh, Joseph Newgarten is making an attempt to get a little further up front and start to run with some of the contenders. He just worked his way around Dalton Kellett. How about that battle between Graham Rahal and Alexander Rossi, Michael Young? That's the battle for six. It's about a two-car length advantage for the Buckeye as that California native tries to run him down. It was a bigger gap about three laps ago, but Ryan Marine, he's really closed that down, talking about Alexander Rossi and Graham Rahal. There's been no let-up in this fight, Michael. It's been nip and tuck for the last 10, 15 minutes or so. Graham Rahal still holds that spot despite the assault that he's under from Alexander Rossi. Rossi's found out that Rahal is a little bit easier to catch than he is to pass. Once again, those two uh, roar through the RP down the back straightaway. The gap remains about two to three car lengths, which is good enough, Mark, for Graham Ray Hall to hold on to six for another lap. Davey Willpower is not a threat yet, but there's no doubt he's coming. It was 5.4 seconds a couple of laps ago. It's down to 4.6 now. Yeah, that's right. 4.5 continues to drop. Scott's about a tenth, maybe two per lap faster from McLaughlin, but man, it's going to take a long time. I don't think there's enough laps left with only 46 to make that up, but right now, nothing that we need to talk about in that championship chip uh, for the cha- for the manufacturers mark right now first second third fourth place 
is the points leader, Chevrolet, right now going into the last race of the season. I think they're going to pretty much have a locked up if it was to finish like this. Well, over the past several years, Davey, it's been fun because, you know, there, there seems to be a dominant engine manufacturer and one that is able to inch out a little bit yet year in, but it's not the same one year in and year out. I mean, Honda has a good year. Chevy ups their game. They come back and win. Good, healthy competition between two manufacturers who have a ton of respect for one another. That's right, and thank God they're both in our series. I love, but they're both great engine manufacturers. They do a great job. Uh, they love being in this series, and that's part of what makes our series so great and so competitive. Is is partners like that, Firestone, Delara, it really makes uh, makes the heartbeat of the IndyCar series. Uh, well, Will Power not as comfortable as he once was, Ryan Marine. There's no question that you know Jimmy Johnson's in the mix there. He's currently running in the 23rd position, but Award and Newgarden starting to draw a beat on him. Even without the lap track pick of Jimmy Johnson, that's only become a factor here in recent laps. Pato Award has been closing in on Will Power. Let's keep in mind, Pato Award started on the black tires. He was the driver furthest up on the grid to do so, and so he held serve during that opening stint. He's on the reds to the finish, and he's got some pace, Nick. It's a great point, Ryan. It seems like today you're just trying to survive your stint on the primary black tires. That's what the two race leaders are doing right now, Mark. That's why McLaughlin's lead is shrinking, and Power's advantage on second is dwindling as well ahead of Award and Newgarden on Reds. Yeah, again, it's 4.5 seconds for Scott McLaughlin over Will Power. Question is, how soon, if at all, will Will Power be able to do anything with Jimmy Johnson, who's a lap down Michael Young, currently running in the 23rd position? Well, he's going to need to worry about Pato Award because Pato is making a charge. About four car length advantage for Will Power over Pato Award. This will be the battle for second. Will's got to start looking in his mirrors because here comes Pato Award through five. The Monterey Mexico native has the bit between his teeth. That gap has closed down to just five car lengths. Will Power back to Pato Award and looming up in the distance is the lap car of Jimmy Johnson. That fight leaves turn number seven and heads to eight. They're separated by just two and a half car lengths through the bend of turn number eight down the back straightaway where they reach some impressive speeds heading to the high commitment left and right of nine and ten. Will Power will get there first but Pato Award hot on his tail mark two car lengths the battle for second. Joseph Newgarten running in the fourth position not running too far behind them. He's hoping they mix it up a little bit so he can close the gap. Still not able to catch Jimmy Johnson. It's the battle for second and it's shaping up. It's Will Power Pato Award. Hopefully Joseph Newgarten soon into turn number one. Pato Award started this stint in the fourth position, now trying to clay, lay claim on second. This time through, Will Power able to gap himself a two about a four car length advantage, although he's able to close in a little bit on Jimmy Johnson, not close enough to think about passing. Here comes Pato Award again as he takes a look to the inside. This is the fight for second, and it's happening about 20 car lengths behind the leader, Scott McLaughlin. The interloper again, that's the lap car of Jimmy Johnson. It's about 10 car lengths from Johnson to Power, and then five car lengths back to Pato Award, but lurking without a doubt that's joseph newgarden to jimmy johnson's credit his pace is not so far off that he is holding will power up power cannot get to within five or six car legs at any point around this racetrack so they are kind of stuck behind johnson power sits in second Pato award mark continuing to pressure him out of 11 the lead down to 4.3 seconds for scott mclaughlin over will power then it's a Pato award and joseph newgarden question is davy well, uh, Ryan, let's go to Ryan Marie quickly, Ryan. Yeah, just a quick note. 
Simon Pagano appears to be down on power. He just came through the turn six area and gave up about three spots in rapid succession. He's on the backstretch now. Nick, I don't know if you can see him, but it does not seem like he's at full song. Yeah, here comes Simon Pagano uh, through turns nine and ten. Hard to tell. We'll see if that car ducks onto pit lane, but Mark, it has not been a good day for Pagano. Right now, he runs dead last on the field, ten laps down. So these guys last pitted on lap 48, Davey, so tell us, uh, at what point do McLaughlin and Power start to gain their advantage back by being on the primaries over those guys chasing them that are on the alternates? Well, it should. It, it really should be happening right now, Mark, because of the, that red should be being wore out here pretty soon. As you said, they last pitted on 48, so the next time, uh, you know, we're right now with 42 to go, uh, 68 down, I would say, and 12 laps is my number that they're going to start coming in. Uh, so let's see, Michael Young, are they able to do anything with Jimmy Johnson this time by? Jimmy Johnson's going to get to turn one first, and Will Power is going to duck to his inside. And he will get around Jimmy Johnson, and that will hold up Pato Award. Let's see what Pato does with Jimmy Johnson, as now Will Power will check out four car lengths over Jimmy Johnson. This is holding up the charge of Pato Award. Pato tries in turn number four, unable to get around the lap car of Jimmy Johnson. He'll try it again in turn number five, closes within a car lane. That lick at his chops is Joseph Newgarden, because he's now at the doorstep of Pato Award. What once was a 10-car length advantage for Pato is down to just two. The Mexican still stuck behind the lap car of Jimmy Johnson. Joseph Newgarden right in the mix. Flat out Will Power caught Jimmy Johnson at the perfect spot. Pato Award did not. Award still stuck behind Jimmy Johnson down the back straightaway trying to set up the seven-time NASCAR champ. He'll get to the inside. Award clears Jimmy Johnson. Now Mark, the question is how long is Joseph Newgarden going to be stuck behind the NASCAR champion? Meanwhile, Scott McLaughlin see his lead bounce back up to 4.5 seconds. So the question asked, we'll get the answer from Michael Young. Can Joseph of Newgarden put Jimmy Johnson in his rearview mirror into turn number one. And he just did so. So the answer indeed, yes. He will duck down at that shortcut through turn number one underneath those rumble strips, and he will check out about five car lengths over Jimmy Johnson. So now back to that second place running Will Power, about three seconds behind the leader. Then it's Pato Award and Joseph Newgarden. Our top four, you can see each other. And the end result in all of that is about a ten-car length difference between each of those three. Power back to Award, another ten-car lengths back to Joseph Newgarden. So that fight has broken off for the moment, but it seems like it's set to be relit any moment. Yeah, I think there's a good theory, Ryan, that it may be like a rubber band. It uh, stretches out, and then based on the fact that Award and Newgarden are on reds, we'll see if they can run back down. Will Power Mark here with 40 laps to go at Portland International. 70 laps complete. Scott McLaughlin has a lead of 4.4 seconds. A full field rundown for you. Will Power is second. Pato Award is third. Joseph Newgarden is, four, is fourth. Christian Lugard is fifth. Graham Rahal is sixth. Alexander Rossi is seventh. Scott Dixon, eight. Colton Herta is ninth. Rita's VK is in the 10th position. 11th, Pelot. 12th, Eilat. 13th, Kirkwood. 14th, Rosenquist. 15th, Malukas. 16th, Erickson. 17th, Harvey. 18th, Castro Nevis. 19th, DeFrancesco. 20th, Sato. 21st, Grosjean. 22nd, Jimmy Johnson, who's a lap down. Dalton Kelly, 23rd, a lap down. Three laps down in 24th is uh, Connor Daly and uh, currently shown in 25th, Simon Pagino. Ten laps down. Davey, some issues for Connor Daly on pit road. He's climbing out yeah, of the car. Sh- 
Yeah, they had one of the last pit stop. They shot a lot of, like it caught on fire on the in the fuel buckeye. Shot a lot of foam on that car. Not sure exactly what happened. If he came in because of something was on fire or if it would actually caught on fire. I didn't see that. They sprayed it down, but unfortunately, that bit now car um, is out for the day. Yeah, we've got an eye on his teammate Rita's VK. He is trying to soldier on and bring a top ten home for Ed Carpenter Racing. Again, seventy-two laps complete. McLaughlin Power Award, Newgarden and Ludgard, the top five, the Grand Prix of Portland. Today's race is brought to you by Coors Light, the official beer of the NTT IndyCar Series. Borg Warner, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar Series. Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar Series. Safety Clean, official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. And by Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Alexander Jr. has the lead. One more turn to go. Here they come. Coming to the finish line. Bob Jenkins, who's going to win it? The checkered flag is out. Goodyear makes a move. Little Al wins by just a few tenths of a second. Perhaps the closest finish in the history of the Indianapolis 500. Al Unzer Jr. has become the first second generation driver to win an Indianapolis 500. Happy birthday to my mentor and friend. Hard to believe it's been a year, Davey Hamilton. Uh, still get a little choked up a year later. And, uh, boy, uh, recently a beautiful mural, Davey, was unveiled in his hometown of Liberty, Indiana. A race fan first, a multi-talented broadcaster, and one of the nicest people ever on the face of the earth. Yeah, absolutely. Bob Jinks, as we do miss him, Mark, and a little history of myself. When I first started racing Super Modifieds out here in the Northwest, it's right here in Portland, Oregon, across the street. I was on Oval Track. Bob Jenkins, Larry Newber had uh, Speed Weeks, and uh, I was fortunate enough to win that wet race, and they gave me the opportunity, they put me on their show, and it was the first time I really made TV, and, uh, you know, I always thank Bob for that many, many times for helping a young guy out, trying to make it up the ranks, but uh, but you're right, we sure miss him. Uh, well, one thing's for sure, a road trip is in order to uh, Liberty, Indiana very, very soon to check out that mural that no one deserved it more than Bob Jenkins. Nick Yeoman, let's pick up that battle for the sixth position. It's been a good one. Graham Rayholt, Alexander Rossi. Oh, they simply can't get away from each other. Graham Rahal's advantage is about three, maybe four car lengths into turn number nine, but uh, as Graham uh, continues to hold up Rossi, it's allowed Scott Dixon to creep into the mix, Colton Herta as well. These are drivers marked running sixth through ninth here with 34 to go. 76 laps complete, 77 this time by. That battle we were just talking about, Michael Young comes back in front of you into turn number one. Uh, shout out to Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan racing. Running fifth is Christian Lungard, and then sixth is the Buckeye Graham Ray Hall. Now about a three car length advantage over Alexander Rossi. Six, seven, eight, ninth, and that tenth position all between turns four and five. All running right there together, making their way through five. Now the switch back, the left hander, turn number six. Leading this train is Graham Ray Hall. Let's the car run wide at the exit of six. Glams on the brakes just ahead of turn number seven. Extends that lead. It's up to about eight car lengths, Nick, over. Alexander Rossi. Really fun to watch these drivers slide these cars around this flat racetrack uh, from corner entry to corner exit from left to right. Alexander Rossi, he has been trying to work over Graham Ray Hall as much as he can. Mark, starting to lose a little bit of ground. Call it five car lengths. Graham Ray Hall, a little bit of breathing room. Yeah, Nick Yeoman, I've got the glimpse of the multi-screen monitor. You've got a really good glimpse. And I, I, I swear, coming coming around that turn, around the turn number eight, and then going through nine and ten, that might be where they look the fastest. Yeah, they are absolutely home. 
call in the mail. We mentioned that battle. It's going to peel off because Mark Alexander Rossi is going to give up that seventh position and bring that Napa Auto Nation Honda to pit lane. So here we go, Davey Hamilton. Timing will be everything. Uh, and those yep. alternate reds come up. Alternate reds go on. Good clean stop for Alexander Rossi. Yep, going to try to. I, w- I was thinking lap 80 was the number. We're on lap 77. Going to make it to the end without a problem. May have to save a little bit of fuel if it continues straight green, but going to try a little bit of an undercut, Rossi is. We'll just see how it works out for him once everybody cycles through. And Michael Young, uh, not much traffic to deal with for Alexander Rossi upon exit of pit road. No, he finds himself well ahead of the Sirius XM machine of Elio Castroneves. That's at least 15 car lengths. So Rossi will be able to make up some ground, and he will come upon the lap machine of Jimmy Johnson. That's the first he'll see when he makes his way down that back straightaway. Now, Felix Rosenquist just came off of pit road, Ryan Marina. Did he bottle up the leader just a little bit? It appears that way. Will Power is closing in because Scott McLaughlin has nowhere to go trying to get past Felix Rosenquist, who's still trying to get that, those tires up to temperature. McLaughlin bottled up behind. That's letting Power and Award make some headway. They're closing in. They'll make their way down the back straightaway as the pit window is open. Looks like Christian Lundgaard had a slow pit stop, but right now Scott McLaughlin doing everything he can. Mark, that lead has shrunk to 2.5 seconds over Will Power. Updates from Pit Road. Let's start with Dan Rusinowski. Lots of action here in pit lane. Just a few moments ago, Roman Groshan had service, and now cutting in, Scott Dixon uh, getting a full set of tires, the last set of sticker reds, and a bit of a bobble coming out, uh, a bit of a, a hesitation as he took out and left. And Dan Rusinowski and Alex Wolf, you are starting to get very, very busy because all the leaders are coming to pit road, and uh, Alex Wolf, you have the stop of willpower. Will Power will be coming in. He'll be on scuffed reds to take him home off of the primary blacks. They take the tires off. They put them on. Replenish that 18.5-gallon fuel tank. Waiting the left front tire changer tells him to go. 7.84 seconds to Dan Rusinowski. Scott McLaughlin put in scuffed reds and was off very, very quickly. And now Joseph Newgarden, who's had one of the faster cars in spots, off and away with the same change. Updates from Pit Road brought to you by Speedway. Official fuel, the convenience store of IndyCar. Michael Young, give us a roll call off of Pit Road for those that just came off of Pit Road. Well, Scott McLaughlin, but he only has an eight-car length advantage over Will Power. Pato Award, five car lengths behind him. That's going to be a battle in turn number five. That's the way it's shaping up right now as they make their way through six. McLaughlin, six car lengths over Power. It's about five car lengths then. Back to Pato Award. One, two, three, running effectively nose to tail here in the final stint. Looked like there was a bobble on the left rear on McLaughlin's pit stop. That's why he's lost that precious time on the racetrack. Down the back straightaway. The gap is nine-tenths of a second. Mark, that's about 10 car lengths as the Penske duo lead Pato Award into turn nine. It's interesting to note that it was the stop of Felix Rosenquist and when he came back out onto the track that caused that massive lead that Scott McLaughlin had accumulated to essentially evaporate. The leaders get to the start-finish line. McLaughlin, though, has opened it up from nine-tenths to 1.1 seconds into turn number one. Scott McLaughlin will put that bad pit stop behind him and continue where he left off, and that is dominating this race. He will gap himself over Will Power about 12 car lengths now, and Pato Award about 8 car lengths behind Will Power. One, two, three, right there together. The lapped car of Roman Grosjean looms about 15 car lengths up the road from the top three. McLaughlin leads Power, then it's Pato Award, then a couple of the cars off sequence, including Marcus Erickson, and then you find Joseph Newgarden. We should mention, by the way, that they under 
cut did work for Alexander Rossi. He did come out ahead of Graham Rahal, who appears to have just lost another spot to Scott Dixon. So Rahal dropping back here a little bit in the final stages. That car fourth in line uh, with this lead pack is Marcus Erickson. And as of right now, Mark, uh, that is for position. We know he's been working a different strategy. That holds Joseph Newgarden, one of our championship contenders in fifth. Uh, so what's it mean for him, Davey Hamilton? He last pitted on lap 54, and there are 30 to go. Yeah, well, he's struggling right now. Just need to f- try to find some speed and, and get rolling. Now, Now, Erickson, as you said, 54, he's going to come in uh, right, I would say, in the 90 range. 92, not enough. He's going to have to do it again, and it's going to cycle him back. He'll be way back in that 20th spot or so. Joseph Dugarden may have his hands full of Alexander Rossi very, very soon, Ryan Marine. That's the battle for fifth. It would be, yes, although Rossi actually does have some work to do. There are a couple of lap cars between Newgarden and Rossi. One is a very similar livery. That appears to be Simon Pagino. The other is Dalton Kellett. Rossi working on dealing with Kellett right now. He's going to try the long way around in turn six. Don't see that very often, but he makes it work, and now he's got a bit of clear track ahead of him. Yeah, that is a uh, really tough spot to try to navigate lap traffic. Rossi will get around Dalton Kellett. He'll set his sights on Joseph Newgarden. Front five, though, Mark, already headed back onto the front straight away. 29 laps to go It's Scott McLaughlin, Will Power, Pato Award, Erickson, and Newgarden the top five. Rossi, Dixon, Ray Hall, Herta, VK, the top ten as the leaders head back to turn one. Well, Will Power starting to close in on our leader, Scott McLaughlin. What was once a 15-car length advantage is now down to 10. Does Will Power have anything for his teammate, Scott McLaughlin? Down to 8 through turn 5. Keep in mind, there will be lap traffic to deal with before this race is done. If we stay green, Roman Grosjean will be the first, but certainly not the last that Scott McLaughlin will encounter. For now, he holds an 8-car length advantage over Will Power, who continues to close that gap lap after lap. Down the back straightaway, 28 laps to go. McLaughlin's advantage. One second over Will Power. Then it's Pato Award. Joseph Newgarden starting to lose track of those front three, Mark, as they snake their way down to turn number nine. And Alex Wolf, you say Marcus Erickson decided enough was enough? That he did. He came in. Sticker reds to take him home. It was a clean stop. 7.56 seconds for the eight car. Cycle back into the 16th position. Davey Hamilton, he gave it a shot, but the strategy just didn't come together for him. Yeah, it didn't come together for him. Back, matter of fact, he started 18th, did all he could to try to get up on the uh, on the, the top uh, step of this uh, race because if he needed it for the points championship. Mark, right now, he's in that fifth position, 44 points back. That's going to take him out of any contention of winning this championship uh, going into next week at Laguna. Uh, shape it up, Davey, more or less like it might be a two-car race, although we have trouble in one, Michael Young. Jimmy Johnson locked him up, and then he tagged the wall at the entrance to turn number one. He was trying to get that car mowed down, and when he tapped the wall, we will see indeed he got hit by Renus VK. He tries to get that car and limp it forward, but it looks like that rear wing is askew. Caution on the course with 27 laps complete here at the Grand Prix of Portland. Caution on the course, incident involving Renus VK and Jimmy Johnson and Davey Hamilton. We've had a couple of looks at the replay, and it's pretty clear. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Unfortunately, when uh, Jimmy Johnson was actually letting him uh, go by on the inside, when VK thought he was cleared, just went to move over to driver's left, and there was Jimmy was still there and just put him right in the fence. Uh, uh, VK should have just stayed down a little bit lower before he approached turn one, and that wouldn't have happened. 25 laps to go. First caution of the day. McLaughlin, Power, Award, Newgarden, and Rossi, the top five. Let's pause 10 seconds for stage identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. 
championship chase is tight. Not so much for the Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires. One race already in the books here today and their championship round heads to Laguna Sega. Let's catch up with the winner of today's race. First time winner in the Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires. Getting absolutely swarmed, Benjamin. It was really a perfect weekend, fastest in practice on the pole position, getting the win. How was it out there? Was it as uh, easy as it seemed from the outside? Uh, I mean, you had to, to earn it for sure. You had to stay really focused. Uh, managing push pass, my driver coach, JJ, was, was keeping me updated every lap. Ah, yeah, what a day. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this one. Oh, you certainly will. It's say in the Pacific Northwest, your home. And I said it was easy as far as being out in the front, but what were you thinking as that 83 car, Matthew Brabham, was closing in the end? Was it a situation where you were managing the gap, or was he really pushing on you? What were you thinking there? I wasn't thinking. I was just focusing on my own thing. <laughs> Honestly, there was not one thought that went into my head. I was just listening to what the team was telling me and then doing what they told me to do. So, yeah, I'm just so happy. And now as you look ahead to the final two races at Laguna Seca 2023 on the horizon as well, what do you think heading into this wrap-up weekend next week? I'm just focused on doing the same thing I did this week, just try to be fast all the time, win races, and you know, I can't do more than that, so that's, that's all I can do. Well, enjoy the celebration, and best of luck next week at Laguna Seca. Thanks. Yeah, really not a serious threat until the last handful of laps from Matthew Brabham, Nick Yeoman. You had to call on that race, and uh, there's no question, talented young driver. But uh, as we mentioned, really wasn't seriously threatened, but it was a great race. A lot of compelling racing going on back in the pack. Yeah, and a congratulations to Benjamin Peterson. Saw some big accidents as well. Uh, Daniel Frost took quite a trip uh, into the uh, Turn 10 tire bearers. We saw the debut of third-generation Flynn Lazier, but the storyline coming into this weekend, Mark, was could Linus Lund who is the Swedish driver who's dominated this championship close out the title this weekend? The answer was no. Matthew Brabham did enough to somewhat stay alive. And I say that it's going to be a formality. Uh, Linus Lundqvist going to be your Indy Lights champion, Mark, but he'll have to wait another week before he gets his hands on that trophy. Uh, boy, that was uh, that was an impressive run by that by that young driver today to get to victory lane. Yeah, Benjamin Peterson is uh, a young man who's shown a lot of pace. Second season in Indy Lights. We thought he'd be a championship contender. Again, with how everything's played out. Nobody's had anything for Linus Lundquist, uh, but Benjamin Peterson's been knocking on the door. Three second-place finishes this year, Mark. Uh, good to see him get his first Indy Lights win, and his name's been kind of floated around. He's been hanging around uh, the A.J. Foyt Enterprises team quite a bit throughout the course of this season on the timing stand in meetings. I know there's some interest, so we will see uh, what the future holds for Benjamin Peterson, and ultimately, Linus Lundquist, who will win the Lights Championship next week. David, we've seen it with uh, over the years with Graham Ray Hall and, and, you know, guys that had, you know, St. Petersburg as their adopted hometown like Sebastian Bourdais. And, but, but no matter the series and no matter the level, always special when a driver gets a win, especially his first win at a place that he considers his hometown track because, you know, that kid had a lot of friends and family here this weekend. Yeah, and sponsors on that car based out of Seattle, Washington, where he's from. So, yeah, that was a good good, uh, good win for them and, and for him. And don't be surprised if he can't, doesn't win a couple more before there's two races left. He could win them both. Lights are out on the pace car. Nick Yeoman gives the roll call to do turn number 10. We're going to restart with 22 laps to go. It is Team Penske up front. Scott McLaughlin, your race leader. He's dominated. Will Power is second. Pato Award third. Joseph Newgarden fourth. Alexander Rossi fifth. And Rossi's got a good run out of turn 12. Great jump by the leader. He gets to the start finish slide first. The whole field is in tow as they head toward turn number one. 
And the big movers puddle aboard. He'll make contact with Will Power. That will bottleneck Joseph Newgarden and Alexander Rossi and allow Scott Dixon to take over that fourth position. Now Dixon not finished. Try to get around Pottawa Ward. Pottawa will shut the door. But Scott McLaughlin has shut down to a 10 car like the advantage. Pottawa Ward got the elbows out to keep Scott Dixon at bay. That's the best fight. It's for third and fourth. Newgarden right behind. Also, we're seeing Alexander Rossi heaping some pressure onto Graham Rahal. Rahal took a peek to the inside of Newgarden, but slots back in line single file. How about Scott Dixon, the ultimate opportunist, moving up into the fourth position, trying to run down Pottawa Ward, but the big news is, Mark, he clears Rossi and Joseph Newgarden. Scott Dixon all of a sudden in podium position. And that dust-up uh, did uh, nothing more than allow Scott McLaughlin to stretch it out to a 1.2-second lead over Will Power. Pretty aggressive move uh, by Pottawa Ward, but Will Power was able to hold him at bay by the time they get back to you, Michael Young, the lead continues to grow for Scott McLaughlin. About 12 car length advantage. McLaughlin over power. Then it's the machine of Pottawa Ward. Three car lengths behind power. Then Dixon. But that battle right now is for that fifth position. It's Joseph Newgarden. Graham Rahal able to put himself in position. He tries to get around. A car length advantage. Newgarden over Rahal. Newgarden, Rahal, Herda, Rossi. How about that? Four Americans running in succession. Newgarden's got the spot. Rahal looking to take it away. But Colton Herda looking pretty strong as well. The game bridge Honda ran into a little bit of dust that kicked the rear inside sideways, but he made the save. Colton Herta continues his pursuit of Graham Rahal to turn eight. The contact on that restart by some of the front runners was minor, but you always have to wonder. In fact, we can see part of the side pod on the Pato Awards car is starting to flap on the left side. Mark, he's trying to hold off Scott Dixon into turn number nine, and it sounds like he's going to be issued a penalty. Pato Award needs to give up a position to Scott Dixon for blocking, so a call by race control. Pato Award's going to need to move over. Scott Dixon going to the high side and again clear damage on that race car Davey Hamilton as they go into turn number one. Yeah sure it's the left side pod and the wheel flip it was what we call wheel flip helps the air uh, directs the air over that left rear tire definitely flopping around I think it to stay connected but right now it's trying to lift it instead of put pressure down on that tire it's going to uh, affect his performance somewhat now we'll he has the right he let uh, he let Dixon go by he has the right to try to get back by and we'll see if he can do it and they're stacked up behind him Dick Yeoman that's that's from fifth, fourth on back. Yep, that's Joseph Newgarden sitting there in the fifth spot. Graham Rahal is sixth. Then two Andretti Autosport cars and Herta and Rossi. And boy, Graham Rahal got a strong charge out of turn number seven. He's trying to set up Joseph Newgarden down the back straightaway. He'll go to driver's right. He'll swing around the outside and take away some valuable points from Newgarden. Graham Rahal into the top five. That's the big key. Points are going away for Joseph Newgarden, and he might not be done giving them up. Next in line is Colton Herta, and Herta with a hard charge off of turn number 12. Colton Herta takes a peek to the inside of Joseph Newgarden into turn number one. They go side by side, give Colton Herta the position, so Joseph Newgarden loses two positions in one lap. Next up, it's Alexander Rossi lost all that ground on the restart. He will try to get around Joseph Newgarden. He will close within a car like they make their way through turn number five. Joseph tries to gap him. Don't sleep on the car that runs behind Rossi. That's Christian Lundgaard. He ran in podium contention early in this race. He's been slotted back here as of late, but still has a strong Honda beneath him. Newgarden has his hands full. Alexander Rossi is right there, but also just two car lengths back. That's where you find Lundgaard. Rossi wedged in a sandwich in eighth. Doesn't know
know whether to look behind him at Lungard or forward on Joseph Newgarden. He will go on the attack, try to set up Joseph, looking to the inside, down into turn number nine, too quick. Rossi blitzes away around Joseph Newgarden. Newgarden falls back to the eighth position. 18 laps to go, this time by as McLaughlin powered Dixon, Award and Rahul, then Herta, Rossi, then Newgarden and Lundgaard, but Lundgaard is on the charge now. He wants that eighth position from Joseph Newgarden to turn number one. Precious points slipping away for Joseph Newgarden. Newgarden will make a great move to the inside, and he will easily get around Joseph Newgarden. He will check out about two car lengths over Joseph Newgarden. Now Newgarden trying to get on that rear wing of Alexander Rossi. What a free fall for Joseph Newgarden in this final stint. What's the common denominator between the cars that have passed Newgarden? Red tires. It's black tires for Joseph Newgarden on this final stint, and it is costing him. That Hitachi car simply does not have the pace. He's got some company behind him. Lundgaard sprints away to a big advantage. On the restart, Joseph Newgarden was 14 points back of Will Power. As they run now, he's fallen 22 points back. And more importantly, Mark, he's lost the second spot in points. Right now, it would be Scott Dixon, 20 points back. And Davey, we came very, very close to a caution. Been a long day for Takuma Sato. He jumped the curbing not once, but both sets of curbing going into turn number one. Almost brought out a caution. Yeah, he sure did. Found himself up in that sixth position or seventh position at one time. And then got penalized three cars for not packing up. When the yellow comes out, Mark, you have to pack up. You have to catch up to the cars in front of you, get behind the pace car so they can get on with what the, the safety people need to do. Didn't do that. Then just made another huge mistake down in turn one. Flew over those curbs, all four tires off the ground, almost in the side of Elio Castroneves. 16 laps to go next time by McLaughlin, Powered, Dixon, awarded Ray Hall the top five. Herta, Rossi, Lundgaard, Newgarden, and I lot the top ten, Ryan Marine. Huge moment for Alexander Rossi. He dropped full four wheels on the exit of turn number six. He rejoined side-by-side side with Lundgaard. That forced Lundgaard wide at the exit of seven. The stewards might look at that one. For now, though, both drivers able to continue away. Yeah, Rossi gathered it back up, but he lost uh, any chance of tracking down Colton Herta in six, and that stacks him up out of turn number 12. So Rossi holds on to that seventh spot in front of Lundgaard and Newgard. And uh, they're starting to stack up a little bit from fourth on back. It's Pato Award, Graham Ray Colton Herta all into turn number one, but a move just behind them. Lundgaard with a big move on Rossi. And he'll run into one of the barriers. It is a piece of plastic on the front of that car. He carries it along with him. Talking about Christian Lundgaard through turn number four. He missed turn number one. Caught that Coroplast and he will drop through the field. Unbelievable that he's able to continue to go forward. Lundgaard dropping like a stone because one of those polystyrene barriers that they set up to create a chicane in the runoff of turns one, two, and three is attached to his front wing. He is dropping through the field some ten spots lost on this lap. He just lost another one as well and crucially, he cannot shake that debris. There is some loose polystyrene on the racetrack as well so we'll have to keep an eye on that. It's a great advertisement for the NTT IndyCar Series on that banner, but Mark uh, that is not helpful in terms of aerodynamics. A good day for Christian Lundgaard going all awry with 15 laps to go. Pato Award on result from Graham Rahal. That's the battle for the fourth position into turn number one. 
and grab Rahal will close it down to about two car lengths as he tries to get around the Mexican driver Pato Award. Graham Rahal on the charge. Now back to a three car lengths as Pato Award gets a nice run out of turn number four. Graham closes it back down within two. This is the fight for fourth and fifth and throws sixth into the mix as well because that's where you'll find Colton DeHerta running lockstep with these two. Pato Award has the spot. Graham Rahal who's been charging all day trying to take it away out of seven. And remember Pato Award's car is damaged with that left side pod flapping up and down not helping that car. Graham Rahal he's within a half a second as they all barrel their way down to turn number nine. Award still strong enough to hold off that spot for now. Lundgaard in the top ten all day Davey Hamilton. He had to come to pit road. He could not shake that debris loose from the front of his car and he tumbles all the way to 21st. Yeah, sure does. Replay with Rossi going off track right there, seeing that fight with Lungard and Rossi to start with, but then he tries it again, makes just goes into turn one too deep, grabs that sign as we talk. Now, remember, we talked about him earlier on. His big thing is getting rookie of the year. Well, that tumbles him down to the points championship, or in that, in that championship as well. He's 21st uh, position right now, and then his uh, um, Malukas, who's fighting with him, is in 14th. Uh, maybe more positions lost for Joseph Newgarden, uh, Ryan Marine, Calum Eilat, the latest to put him in the crosshairs. Eilat is there and behind him, Felix Rosenquist also would like a shot at Joseph Newgarden. Again, Newgarden is on those black tires. His two pursuers are on the reds. Calum Eilat, the rookie who made his debut here one year ago, looking strong. He's closing in on Newgarden. And example after example has shown you do not want to be on those primary black tires for long. Newgarden trying to hold on. He's got that eighth position, the advantage over Calum Eilat, about two car lengths. Another two back to Felix Rosenquist, who runs in 10. There will be 13 laps to go this time by. McLaughlin, Power, Dixon, Award, and Rahal, the top five. The front three have all but checked out, but behind Pato Award is Graham Rahal. Colton Herta not far behind. Colton Herta makes his way through turn number three with about a five-car length advantage over Alexander Rossi. But that battle with Joseph Newgard trying to hold off Callum Ila. Will Callum have enough left on those alternate red tires to catch Joseph Newgard? It doesn't look like it this time as he's got about a four-car length advantage over Eilat. Battles all over this racetrack. It's Award, Rahal, Herta, Rossi all running together. Then you drop back 15 car lengths. That's where you find the duel between Newgarden and Eilat. Rosenquist is right there as well. No change in position this time through turns five six and seven but this is all happening behind the front three who are starting to get away by nearly four seconds scott mclaughlin your race leader will power second scott dixon running in third watched erickson kirkwood and malukas that was a pretty good battle for the 12th position through three four and five and davy again that's significant because now that uh, lundgaard has had the issues that he has and he tumbles back to 21st that puts david malukas in a pretty good position to go to that final race the for the rookie of the year title. Yeah, that's exactly right. Every position he could try to make up. Looks like he's going to try to get by Kirkwood next. He's a little quicker if he can just get by him right now in the points championship. How about this? Scott Dixon is in that third position, but right now tied with Newgard, 20 points behind Will Power. So, uh, 12 laps to go. McLaughlin, Power, Dixon, Award, and Rahal, the top five. Herta, Rossi, Newgarden, Eilat, and Rosenquist, the top ten. Alex Pillow is 11th. Erickson is 12th. Kirkwood is 13th. Malukas is 14th. Jack Harvey is 15th. Devlin DeFrancesco is 16th. 17th is Elio Castro-Nevins. 18th is Takuma Sato. 19th is Roman Grosjean. 20th is Renas VK. And 21st is uh, Christian Lundgaard. Dalton Kellen is 22nd. He is a lap down. Ten laps down to Simon Pagino listed as 23rd. 
Uh, Jimmy Johnson out of the race, been checked out at the infield care center. He's okay. He's listed as 24th. And Connor Daly uh, is listed as 25th. He, too, is out of the race. Scott McLaughlin in his flat bit his day, Davey Hamilton. He's now led 93 laps. How about that? 93 laps for him. Ray Hall, two. Power, two laps led. Eilat and Lungard each have one. So, yeah, what a dominant weekend, actually, for McLaughlin. Being on the pole, start from there, just dominate, getting out front. And again, one and a half second lead. Doesn't seem like a lot, but it's quite a bit when you only got 11 laps left. Well, I mean, you thought things might tighten up a little bit because, again, when Felix Rosenquist came off of pit road, he kind of held him up a little bit through no fault of Felix. It was just bad timing uh, on the part of McLaughlin, and that lead started to evaporate. But uh, I think the race strategy has been spot on, and certainly McLaughlin's crew has been spot on with their pit stops today. Yeah, they sure have. And tire strategy, don't forget that. Starting, you know, you want to get rid of those black tires. That's what his team did. Make sure that he ends on those softer compound reds. The only one, pretty much the entire field, with the exception of New Garden and Pelot, the ones that are in contention uh, are on the blacks, and just uh, they're, they're struggling out there right now. Alex Pelot, Marcus Erickson, that's the battle for the 11th position. Erickson is going to grab that spot. Meanwhile, Back up front, McLaughlin, Power, and Dixon, some separation. But uh, Nick Yeoman, as they start to prepare for the backstretch, again, a war, Ray Hall, and Herta gives us the impression that it could eventually get interesting again. And I cannot say this enough. This is how the race has been, really, from about fifth on back for the last 100 laps. I mean, they have been slugging it out with Graham Ray Hall, Alexander Rossi, uh, Colton Herta, really separated by two, three car lengths with opponents all day long. Pottawa Ward doing a good job, Mark, with that damaged race car. He's got that fourth spot, holding off Graham Ray Hall into turn number 11 by two car lengths. Uh, David, we mentioned how strong Kyle, uh, Callum Eilat was looking in his assault of Joseph Newgarden. And uh, obviously the call to go on the blacks for Newgarden cost him a couple of positions. But now that we're a little deeper into this run for him, at least he appears to have gotten some breathing room now over Callum Eilat, who's running in the ninth position. Yeah, this point of the race, uh, Newgarden's going to be okay. Those tires are actually probably getting a little bit faster than those softer sidewall reds are wearing out a little quicker, get a little more heat in them right now. But now he's got to try to gain some spots back. Next car in front of him, Alexander Rossi. He has to gain two seconds just to catch up with him, much less pass him. Uh, and let's give a tip of the cap to a couple of the young guns. We already mentioned David Malukas, but uh, again, just a couple of more races with A.J. Foyt Racing. And I know Larry Foyt's awfully appreciative of the ride that Kyle Kirkwood has given that 14 car today. He's currently running 13th, Davey. Yeah, good run for 13th. Him and Plo have a good battle. Malukas say Kirkwood, we've seen them battle many times in the Indy Lights series, and now they're battling out right now for that 13th and 14th uh, place to these two young guys in 13th and 14th. Good race right there. Uh, front three certainly have their share of separation. The lead 1.4 seconds for Scott McLaughlin over Will Power. Power has about a one-second advantage over Scott Dixon. Michael Young, how about that battle for fourth? Award Ray Hall, Herta and company. Uh, slowly shaping up. Graham Rahal starts to close in on that damage machine of Pottawa Ward. He's gapped himself talking about Graham Rahal over Colton Herta. So for that fourth place battle, down to about three car lengths, Graham Rahal really on the charge. Rahal is there. Herta has dropped off and that's brought Alexander Rossi back into the mix. So effectively it's now two, two car battles for position. Award and Rahal and then behind them about eight car lengths. That's where you find Herta and his teammate Alexander Rossi. Graham Rahal started 
in at 11th. No surprise to see him start to charge and march his way forward, trying to set up Pottawa Ward to move into the fourth position. Got a good run down the back straightaway. He closes within a car length and a half, but as they rip through turns 9 and 10, Pottawa Ward will hold them off to the right-hander of 11. To give you an idea of the disparity that exists between the leaders of the battle that we're talking about, Scott McLaughlin is just now in front of Michael Young into turn number one, and that battle now is just working its way through 10 and 11. McLaughlin has a lead of 1.3 seconds with seven laps to go, Davey. He and Will Power, I think overall, has been have been the class of the field, but uh, you saw that restart. It was Scott Dixon, I think, showing the wily veteran that Scott Dixon is. He made some great moves to get up in that third position. Yeah, took advantage of that Rossi mistake, or I shouldn't say Rossi mistake, but when Award Rossi got together and, and, and Dixon was there to pounce on both of them, and you look at the McLaughlin, Power, and Dixon times, one, point, uh, one minute, eight second, point eight seconds for McLaughlin and power. Dixon just a little bit behind at a 101.1. So those three cars, nice lead um, over the rest of the field. Award, as you said, the really good battles between Award, Rahal, Herda, Rossi. That's that. Those four, who knows where that's going to end up. Six laps to go. The leader's setting up for turn number one, and I don't think Graham Rahal, by any stretch, is satisfied with that fifth position. A strong charge off of turn number 12 as he chases Pato Award into turn number one. Pato drives it deep into turn number one, able to get back into the throttle at the exit of turn number two, and that will give him at about a four-car length advantage over Graham Rahal, but Graham stays there, puts those right sides on those rumble strips. This is the battle for that fourth position. The damage machine of Pato Award, and Graham Rahal is there. With the misfortune for Christian Lundgaard, it's been left to Graham Rahal to carry the standard for Rahal Letterman Lanigan Racing, and he's done it with aplomb. Closing in on Pato Award, it's about a four-car length gap right now, exiting turn seven. A cherry red car of Graham Ray Hall strong through turn number seven, but he still has about four car lengths to wake up for Pato Award. That orange and black car for Errol McLaren. That uh, left side pod flapping in this late summer air in Portland, Oregon. Pato doing a good job, Mark. Holding off Graham here with just six and a half laps to go. Don't look down, Michael Young, but Will Power just shaved about three-tenths of a second off the night lead by Scott McLaughlin. It's down to nine-tenths into turn number two. Like he was shot out of a cannon is Will Power. He has really closed in visibly here on the track. It's about eight car lengths for Scott McLaughlin. Does Will Power have anything left for his teammate? This championship battle not over. Will Power wants to try to get the lead. He's been a podium machine all season. Seven through the first 15 races, but just one win for Will Power. He knows he needs that win just for that little extra margin headed to Laguna Seca next week if he's going to win his second championship, and he's got his teammate in his sights. Boy, this is where you measure risk versus reward. It's been a great points day for Will Power based on how the rest of the competitors have fared but as Ryan pointed out, he wants the race win. Mark, it's 1.1 second trying to run down Scott McLaughlin coming to four to go. Scott McLaughlin, if he wins today, would uh, close to within 41 points. But Will Power wants to run off and hide from everybody. Currently a 20-point lead. If it ends now, Will Power has it, uh, sees it now as well back up to 1.2 seconds into turn number one, Michael Young. The Will Power machine works his way through turn number two. The winner here back in 2018. He knows how to make things work here on the circuit here at Portland International Raceway. And Scott McLaughlin able to now gap himself. Ted Carlings, right? he's really, really 
making a big move. Just four laps to go for Scott McLaughlin. The lead is eight car lengths still over Will Power. It's about ten back to Scott Dixon, who runs its relatively distant third. Then you have to go way, way back to find Pato Award, who continues his duel with Graham Rahal. Alexander Rossi just took a peek at Colton Herta, but couldn't make the move into turn number six. Battles all over the racetrack, but McLaughlin in control. Nobody would love to see those front two battle and maybe tangle than the driver that runs in third. That's Scott Dixon. Mark, he's clinging to a championship hope as well. Uh, three laps to go this time by, Davey. It's fascinating to me that that damage uh, on Pato Award's car has not caused any issues whatsoever. He's been in a heck of a battle with Graham Rahal. Yeah, I've been doing some studying on that, noticing that the air is not really pushing down on that wheel flip. It's just kind of flopping around, telling me, what does that thing really do? I mean, usually if the air is pushing down, it's going to stay down there, but it's staying hooked on there. It doesn't seem to be affecting his performance as far as being a fourth-place car right now. I think he fell off Dixon because of that damage, but boy, Ray Hall, he, be, he has to be careful because Ray Hall's still on a hunt. Uh, significant, Davey, that uh, Scott McLaughlin, when he needs to, is going to max out on points today for grabbing pull and leading the most laps. Yeah, that's right, and, and power, you know, he'd love for his teammate to pull over, but you, we know that's not going to happen, so he can get some additional points because the car him is his other teammate, uh, uh, Newgarden. But Newgarden just struggles. I mean, right now, finds himself in that eighth position on those black tires. Just didn't do him in any favor towards the end of this race. Unfortunately, he's still about a second, a little over a second behind Rossi. So I don't think with just these few laps left that he's going to be able to catch and gain any more positions. Yeah, for sure. This tire strategy did not fare well for Joseph Newgarden in his quest to win the race today. Two laps to go. Scott McLaughlin to turn one. Penultimate lap of the penultimate race. Scott McLaughlin, about an eight to ten car length advantage over Will Power. But boy, all of a sudden, Scott Dixon's starting to close in. He's not done yet. Scott Dixon has it down to three car lengths right behind Will Power. This is the battle for second with two laps to go. And the gap has closed noticeably. Dixon lets it swing a little bit wide on the approach to turn six, then tries to put the power down on the exit. He's to within just two car lengths. Make it one of Will Power headed out of turn number seven. That advantage accordion's back a little bit power's way. That fight heads to you, Nick. This is exactly what race leader Scott McLaughlin wants to see. The battle for second. Two of the vets, two of the best in this sport. Will Power got a nice charge down the back straightaway. Mark Hill holds Scott Dixon off for second. Three car lengths as the field makes their way back on the front stretch. On uh, the restart, he did not make it easy for Pato Award to get around him talking about Will Power. you got to think he'll do the same to Scott Dixon. The battle for the championship roars into turn number one with a white flag in the air. What a difference a year makes for Scott McLaughlin closing in on his third win in 2022. But we keep our eye on that battle for that second position. Will Power now four car lengths ahead of Scott Dixon. They make their way through turn number four. Looks like Power may be okay, but Dixon not finished yet. McLaughlin in control. The fight is for second. Power has it. He's got a four-car length advantage over Dixon as he comes through six for the final time. McLaughlin, Power, Dixon. That's how they run through turn seven. Scott McLaughlin, heavy on the accelerator out of turn number seven and that freight liner machine. The advantage has grown to 1.2 seconds in his second year in IndyCar. He is poised to take car three to victory lane for the third time. Into turns nine and ten, Scott McLaughlin still with the race lead. Mark James, bring him home out of turn 12. Poised to start on pole and leave 104 laps on the day off of turn number 12 for the final time. Twin checkers in the air and Scott McLaughlin's going to go to victory lane. He'll win the Grand Prix of Portland. Will Power he grabs the second spot. Scott Dixon completes the podium. Pottle Award at Graham Rahal, the top five in a spirited Grand Prix of Portland.
uh, fastest car doesn't always win, Davey Hamilton, in the NTT IndyCar Series, but it sure as heck did today. <laughs> yeah, this weekend and today, he's been the fastest every time I think he's been on racetrack. What a great job by that Penske team. And Scott, third win of the season. Unfortunately, he's not going to be in the battle for the championship, but right now that's not what he cares about. He cares about winning races. He just did that. He's going to go try to win another one and, and climb right now in the points championship. He is fifth. He's only two points actually behind uh, Erickson, so he could drive himself up in the points championship. But right now, uh, he's just worried about the wins. Uh, wouldn't it be something, let, let's say, it's speculating here, you know, what ifs. If McLaughlin doesn't win next week, Newgarden doesn't win next week, and Power ends up winning the championship, you'd have two guys there that combined for eight wins this season, and uh, neither one of them win the championship. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, I mean, obviously, with especially Penske's won over half the races by a ways now. I mean, this this team is just on fire this year. They have three drivers that are on fire and have, you know what, Mark? They're having a lot of fun, too. I mean, they really are having a lot of fun on and off track. We just seen seen uh, Scott do a little somersault. You remember this first win? He fell off his race car, tripped over this time. He does a little roll, and and uh, I think that's his new signature win. But what, what a great drive. And, and, boy, I mean, right now, nobody could be happier than all those Penske drivers just to be involved with that association. He's, uh, he's going to be drinking uh, some of that bubbly out of the shoe, we, we speculate, too, uh, later on, which is <laughs> yeah. kind of one of the things that uh, he started uh, back at St. Pete, even if it was, uh, I suppose, by accident. But uh, good runs today. Will Power, Scott Dixon, what you got to do to win championships. I mean, Will referenced it early on when he had a couple of back-to-back podiums and a fourth-place finish. He said, look, you know, uh, my approach has changed over the years. Uh, it used to be all about win, 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 win. But when you don't have the ability to win a race, you, you got to uh, pile up as many points as possible and uh, as we mentioned will power three times has been a championship uh, the championship lead dan rusinowski three times uh, and only one time did he finish the deal he's making a strong bid to do it for the second time will you're making a really strong bid to get another championship uh, your eighth podium this year has that consistency been one of the keys to your season yeah yeah really uh, really good smart racing and great strategy great pit crew great team so <laughs> I really want to win it more for my guys that have been with me for more than a decade. I really do, like my engineer and my uh, dag. Those two guys have been around forever, and um, and my crew. It's just it's not as as selfish this time around. I really want to win it for them because they deserve it, man. They've done done a really good job. Will Power, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, good run for Will Power for sure, Davey. And uh, boy, he talks like a he talks like a veteran now. He talks like <laughs> a guy that knows what it takes to be a champion. Yeah, and that's why he you know he's been thinking about this championship for a long time. You, if you recall, uh, I think it was Nashville. He goes, well, that's how you lose championships. You know, there was a mistake made there. And but you know what? Uh, he he never gave up. It's he, he he's not going to lose this championship. Well, I mean, I'm not saying he's in contention. He's in the best place he could be by 20 points ahead. So uh, that's a nice lead going into the final race. Well, and I think you bring up the best point. I mean, let's face it. That's where you want to be going into the last race. You want the points lead for sure. But a guy that continues to breathe down his neck has won a few championships in his own right. Dan Rusinowski, Scott Dixon brings it home in third today. The way the points look now is Scott Dixon and Joseph Newgardner tied for the second spot. 20 points behind the championship leader, Will Power, as Scott Dixon gets congratulated by his team owner, Chip Ganassi. What a battle you had there with Will toward the end of the race. Yeah, it was uh, frustrating. You know, they were definitely quick all weekend. You know, I think uh, if you look at the Penske's, they were probably one, two, three every session. So we knew we had our uh, workout out. We tried to uh, attack to start and then uh, attack right at the end. 
and uh, they just probably had a little more OT left. You know, we had to use quite a bit of it. Coming from 16th on the grid is not so easy. You know, you got to use a lot of uh, overtakes. So, um, congrats to McLaughlin on the win. He had a you know fantastic weekend, but you know we're still in the hunt. Only 20 points back. We can you know still make something of that. We know we've got uh, you know good reliability. We've got a great team, and you know uh, we just gotta we gotta clean up our qualifying here to make it a bit easier. Well, you went from 14th to first place in Nashville, and now very dramatically 16th uh, to your third position today. And uh, what what an amazing a moment was around lap 88 when uh, when Pato Award got a little aggressive, and they say good things happen to those who wait, and that's what happened to you. Yeah, it was pretty aggressive. You know, I knew he was in trouble, and we were going to get him anyway. Um, it was just a matter of when. You know, we knew he had a lot of dead and, you know, we had newer tyres, but you got to be careful being that aggressive, you know, especially with the championship contenders. You know, luckily uh, we got out of that unscathed, but uh, IndyCar made a great call there and he had to give it back, you know, about a lap later. So interesting uh, restart for sure. I knew Joseph got in there super hot, especially when he was on blacks, you know. I thought he was probably going to have to go straight ahead, but he managed to, to cut across and gave me an easy exit uh, to get both of them in one corner. Good finish. Thanks, man. Cheers. That's Scott Dixon. Alex Wilson, Scott. victory lane. Scott McLaughlin just got congratulations for the captain, Roger Penske. And first of all, he hopped out of the car and still had enough uh, energy to do that front somersault. It looked like some nice some nice form there. Well, it's become my thing now. I don't think I look very good doing it, but it's just a thing. So uh, everyone's got their own thing when they win, and I've got that. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, really proud of the Freightliner Chevy guys. The car was unreal, and um, yeah, I'm really proud of the pit stops and full team effort. We came here with the belief that we could do this weekend and, and win like we did and get pole, and, and we did, and, and really proud of that. You know, it's funny for a race that we talk so much about the potential of chaos from the start to the finish. It was a relatively, well, mundane as far as going into the first turn race, but I was from the driver's seat throughout the day. And then what were you thinking on that last race start with the power and Dixon and the like breathing down your neck? Yeah, there's probably two guys that you don't really want breathing down your neck. But, um, yeah, I'm really proud of uh, the restart. Worked very hard over the last couple of years to learn the tire and get it ready for those restarts. Um, and, yeah, thankfully held off. But I knew it was pretty. It was pretty dicey behind me. I saw in the mirrors. I nearly got taken out. So it's pretty wild. But um, it's why we love IndyCar racing, right? 41 points out of the lead. You talk about it. You're going to keep going until you're mathematically eliminated. Third win of the season. What do you think heading to WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca next week for the finale? It ain't over. <laughs> so let's just press on. <laughs> Congratulations on a great run. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Scott McLaughlin, the eighth driver to win for the pole position of the Grand Prix of Portland. Let's head over to Dan Rusinowski. With Graham Rahal, who had one of the drives of the day, Graham starting uh, in the 11th position, ending up in, in a really good spot uh, just behind the podium finishers. Just give us your thought on, on your team this weekend. I know bad luck for your teammate in the race when he came into contact with that uh, with that sign, but all in all, a, a pretty decent step forward for your team. Yeah, our guys did a wonderful job, I think, all weekend. Um, you know, I was bummed to not qualify a little higher up, but, you know, our race pace was solid today. And, uh, you know, the boys, uh, Total Quartz, Engine Oil Machine, the guys did a great job in the pits, and in and out laps were good. We were able to pass some cars on track. You know, and that's all that really matters. It was nice to kind of be on the attack today. I felt, you know, very comfortable with the guys behind me. I was able to hold Alex behind me even when I was on the blacks, and that was a shock for me. I thought he was going to go sailing on by. So uh, very pleased with what we had. Um, you know, the, the areas we can improve, but a good run. Did the blacks hold up a little bit better than you expected? 
Nah, no. I didn't think so. I, uh, the, the Reds were wonderful today. The Reds were, were like Candyland. The Blacks were, uh, were a real challenge. And uh, that's okay, though, because I could see it was the same for everybody. It's not just us. But I was very loose, man. I mean, very, very loose on Blacks. It was everything. Those were a long 30-whatever laps for me. So uh, I was glad to see some new Reds at the end. You were really relaxed today. Could that be because the Buckeyes beat Notre Dame yesterday? You know, that's that was nice. Tougher game than I expected. But uh, And I'm superstitious about when the Buckeyes play and we're in Portland. And we typically lose, so at least we got away with that one. But, uh, you know, uh, honestly, I felt good in the car today. I felt very, like I just said, I felt under control. Uh, the guys I was around was able to battle well, and that's all we can ask for. Good job today. Thank you. Graham Rahal finishing in the top five, which was a really good performance for him. Back to you guys. Good stuff, Dan. And, uh, Davey, I've, I've had a c- couple of looks at the replay now of Pottawa Ward <laughs> and Will Power going into turn one. And well, I'll tell you what, Lady Luck was smiling on Will Power. Yeah, Will Power and about five cars behind him. That could have been a, a complete uh, pileup down there with all those cars coming off the restart. So you're right. Uh, the, he got away with one. The only one got damaged was Pottawa Ward, which is the one that threw it down in there. He did all he could to try to pass him, but you're right man that could have been a disaster uh david let's talk about the battle for the manufacturers championship uh boy what a day for chevrolet uh they take three of the top four positions they take eight nine and ten and the lead right now 1419 points to 1236 for honda well if they go out and celebrate tonight uh they can because it's all but wrapped up and and what a great run by chevrolet this year we know that it goes back and forth between honda chevrolet all the good work and the hard work that they do and how competitive they are so like i said it's a friendly championship a friendly one but uh but it's great to have uh, these two manufacturers in our series but it looks like chevrolet is going to walk away with the championship this year full field rundown for you if we're able to track down joseph dugard we'll interrupt this scott mclaughlin your winner he led 104 laps today will power finishes second dixon was third pottle award fourth graham rayhole fifth herda sixth joseph seventh uh, New Garden, 8th. ninth is Eilat. Rosenquist, 10th. Erickson, 11th. Pillow is 12th. Kirkwood is 13th. David Maluka is 14th. 15th, uh, Harvey. 16th, DeFrancesco. 17th, Elio Castroneves. 18th, Takubasato. 19th, Grosjean. 20th, VK. 21st is Lungard. 22nd is Dalton Kellett. 23rd is Simon Pagino. 24th is Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy was out of the race after 82 laps. Connor Daly finishes 25th. He completed 67 laps. Again, McLaughlin led four times for 104 laps. Ray Hall led a couple of laps. Power did two. Eilat led a lap. Lundgaard led a lap. Most of those came during the pit sequences. Scott Dixon, as you heard, plus 13 on the day. Devlin Francesco picked up eight spots. Marcus Erickson was plus seven. Graham Ray Hall plus six. Callum Eilat was plus five. Just one caution for four laps. The points look like this, Davey. It's still pretty tight. Will Power has a 20-point lead over Joseph Newgarden and Scott Dixon, Marcus Erickson, 39 back. Uh, Scott McLaughlin, a hard charge in the second half of the season, but uh, he is in fifth place, 41 points back. And I think it basically boils down to Will Power, Joseph Newgarden, and Scott Dixon. Yeah, that's it. They're, they're within the 20 points. I, I put a number up at 25, thinking if somebody could be within that 25-point range going into the last event, that they had the opportunity. Well, uh, the, the next one back, like I say, it's those three you know, with Will Power with a nice advantage of 20 points. But as you just said, Newgarden and Dixon right 
right behind, but that 39 points down, that Erickson, I think his, he's going to have to try another year. Good good run for him. One of the Indy 500. He's a happy guy no matter what, but uh, I don't think he's going to have a shot at the championship. Yeah, he year. will have a rather significant trophy to keep him warm this season. Yeah, no, season. no. Yeah, You just asked me if what I want a championship or Indy 500 win, and you know which one I'm going to pick, and, and that's the one that he has. Hey, we thought for a minute that uh, Lundgaard was going to put a stranglehold on that battle for rookie of the year. That didn't work out for him, Ooh. and that race is within five points now between he and David Malukas. Yeah, and just think how large it would have been if he doesn't make that small mistake down in the turn one. Kenton, that banner stuck on the front of his race car. That uh, that cost him, you know, a per, probably a, a not a secured rookie of the year, but a much better position to, be, to get it. Uh, well, uh, Davey, safe travels. Uh, but we, we will look forward to uh, seeing you next week for the season finale. And uh, when we come back, we will visit with Barry Tepke and preview next weekend's Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Welcome back one final time to Portland. Well, the season finale is next. The Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Barry Tepke, the Director of Heritage Events and Public Relations. And Barry, we could not have scripted a better finish to the season given this tight championship battle. I can't wait. And uh, come Friday, September 9, we'll be back on track here in Monterey and see what shakes out on Sunday, September 11th. Yeah, the race is set for Sunday, September 11th. But track activities, as you mentioned, begin Friday. Other than the NTT IndyCar Series, please highlight the rest of the weekend schedule. We obviously have the Indy Lights. We have Spec Racer Ford and the U.S. Touring Car Championship returning. Uh, they always put on a good show, and people will certainly love to see the, the cars as almost they can come off the showroom floor. And uh, certainly on Friday, we have the NTT IndyCar Series practice and uh, autograph sessions. So, you know, Friday, we're looking forward to it. We're going to have beautiful weather. Uh, time to get your ticket and come out to Monterey. Well, I mean, it's California. The weather's always beautiful, is it not? I mean, you know, that's one of the one of the garden spots of uh, of our entire North American area, oh, for sure. Oh, there is one day that's not good out here. Come on. Okay, we'll, we'll give you that for sure. Well, in addition to parking and preferred parking, you're also offering event camping. Yes, absolutely. We have uh, 500 campsites here at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, and, and we still have some sites available. We also have uh, the Champions Club, Legends Club, uh, hospitality packages that uh, that are almost sold out, in fact. So we're expecting a fantastic crowd, and certainly the fans here are really looking forward to welcoming the teams and the drivers to see who, is the, who will be the championship uh, contender here in uh, 2023, or 2022. Four, should, should make mention of the fact that you know, when you don't have cars on track, and that's a very small amount of time, but there's plenty to see and do for fans, lots of interactive things, lots of food vendors and whatnot. Yeah, we, we really t- worked hard at providing, um, you know, fan activities, the Ferris wheel. We have go-karts, so you can get your, uh, you know, your drive on uh, in the go-karting as well. But really embrace the local vendors, the local restaurants to bring out the taste of, of Monterey to Laguna Seca. So we're looking forward to that, and um, we've, we're coming off an event uh, just two weeks ago, so we're ready to come in for the season finale with uh, Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. The most important info website, contact info about the week. Weekend, and most importantly, where fans could purchase parking and tickets. Uh, WeatherTechRaceway.com is probably the best way, or they can always call our ticket and accommodation specialists at 831-242-8200. The, the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey set for Sunday, September 11th. Barry, thanks for joining us. Good luck with the weekend. We look forward to it. It's always a pleasure, and thank you for letting us have some time. 
The Grand Prix of Portland at Portland International Raceway has been brought to you by Firestone, the official tire of the NTT IndyCar Series for driving IndyCar legends. American Medical Response, official partner of the NTT IndyCar Series and the AMR IndyCar Safety Team. Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. By Coors Light, cold as the Rockies, Coors Light is proud to be the official beer partner of the IndyCar Series. Coors Light, made to chill. Borg Water, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar Series. By Safety Clean, official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Ruoff Mortgage for a fast mortgage process. Supply online at ruoff.com. The Children's Racing Foundation, proud sponsor of Racing for Kids. Henchman Racing Uniforms, nothing fits like a henchman. The Indy Racing Experience, the fastest seat in sports. Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar Series. And by NTT, official technology and title partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Our driver analyst today was Davey Hamilton in the pits, Alex Wolf and Dan Rusinowski. Our turn announcers were Nick Yeoman, Michael Young, and Ryan Marine. Our chief engineer is Rick Evans, satellite and technical support by Scott Bergat. Our producer is Sam Rumsa. The network director is Chris Pollock. This is Mark James. Join us next weekend for the final race of the season. We will crown the 2022 NTT IndyCar Series champion at the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. We'll have complete coverage all weekend long on the IndyCar app and then catch the race Sunday, September 11th on a radio station near you. In the meantime, follow and download today's race broadcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and IndyCarRadio.com. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.